See, are you excited for Star Wars Land? I, if I ever get to go, it'll be cool, I guess. Where, where is it? Is it not in Anaheim? I only saw the links about it existing. I didn't see where it actually is. Uh, two different parks, one in Anaheim and one in Orlando. So each one of them gets Oh, Orlando it. as well. Awesome. Apparently. Parks will each have two main attractions. One allows visitors to board the Millennium Falcon and fly what is described as a secret mission, in air quotes. Right. So there is a battle that puts visitors between the New Order and the Resistance from The Force Awakens. Okay. okay. Yeah, sure. So that'll be like a stage show or something, I guess? I, don't I know. assume so. Like, what, like the, just the fact that you're going to be able to fly the Millennium Falcon is pretty great. The parks will be populated by characters from the new movies as well as classic Star Wars trilogy. Uh, so there's here's a, there's, a, there's a cantina. Here's the oh, that would be great. Can if you I imagine could, if I could actually walk into a room and it looks like the cantina and the music's played? I'll be like, yeah. I was going to say, can you imagine right. working in the fake Star Wars cantina and just that's the only music that's on? Like, how quickly would you lose it? It's the Beth Band song, yeah, yeah. Like, how you would just go insane? You would want to. Oh yeah, it'd be fantastic. Oh, I mean, if I, if that was me and one of my friends worked in there, I would just do it while we were out. I just like subtly whistle it while we're there, like just <laughs> just really push them over the edge. I would do that if I was like one of the what are they called? There's a word for them, the people that work in Disneyland. Cast members. Cast members. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, if I was like one of the cast members in Disneyland, I'd be like, "Can I be a Beth? I want to be a Beth. I want to be the guy doing the the thing." <laughs> I, yeah, totally. Yeah, I want to do that. that sounds like fun. Um, I want to be um, Rex. No, God, what's it? Max. Rebo, the keyboarder. Yeah, he's Max the blue Rebo. guy. He's the big blue guy that plays keyboard, right? Yeah, whatever fake keyboard is. Max Rebo. Can I get a little bit of credit for knowing Max Rebo? Uh, eh. <laughs> Do you want to if you, if you could start naming lightsaber styles, then I'll be impressed. Yeah, what is it we hear fucking lightsaber styles? Because like, I like that's one of my things. One I know of the things I focus on in my Star Wars mythology, knowing or I as know. it's now called legacy, but. Um, okay, so put yourself in the shoes of the man or woman in charge of Star Wars World. Is that that's not what it's called? Star right? Wars Land. Star, Star Wars, Wars Land. Land. You're in charge of Star Wars Land. Star right? Wars Land. I'll double check. That's actually what it's called. But, uh, it's just called Star Wars Theme Park Land. I don't know. So they don't have a name for it yet because no. it's sure as shit. Not it'll be, Star Wars it, Park Land. No, it'll it'll get called one of the places from the movie. It'll get called Star Wars, comma Tatooine or whatever. I don't know. But it's going to be like multiple planets, I would assume, right? Well, I don't know if they're if they're saying it's like an experience, then it'll be like kids. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're in yeah. charge of this thing. Do um, you or do you not pay a man to be Jar Jar Binks? Oh right, do you include Jar Jar? Yeah, like or do you uh, just like kids, you have to, re- kids really like Jar Jar? Yeah, Bank. and you have to be authentic to yeah. the things, right? And you have to include well, all depends, the stuff that's there. It depends on whether or not they've decided that uh, Bothan, not Bothans, what were they called again? Gungans are uh, around at that time. But they're so they, in all three movies. They're all all three original movies. Yeah. Like episode one, two, three, they weren't in four, yeah, or five so, or six. So that's what I'm saying. But they, one I of think these a lot land- of, but I think a lot of them got wiped out by Darth Vader. If but, I'm mistaken, but, so are they just not including one, two, and three in any of these? I worlds? don't know. Maybe 
Like that's what I'm saying. Like if no you're idea. including a world that has to, like you go to. Sure, I'm guessing if I guess if you're splitting it between this is the this is the park that's all the old movies and this is the park that's the new movies. Yeah, the old movies would be one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you have, you have to, to, right? I guess yeah. But then you have to make a suit that is like Kevlar really from awful. head to yeah. toe. That cast member is going to get fucked up. Yeah, like gun-toting Americans running. Go, there's your your. Just trying to shoot Jar Jar. That'd be interesting. What are the gun-toting Americans? Yeah. Don't want guns in Disneyland. <laughs> no, you'll get a gun on your way in and it'll be like a laser gun. It'll be like a blaster. Oh, that'd be great. Because if, 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 if I could get a replica uh, fucking DL-44 or whatever it's called. Oh, what's you, know, you know there's going to be a shop in this place that sells those authentic master builds. DL-44? Yeah, it's a DL-44. I was right. <laughs> Internet. It is the 18th of August 2015 and this is the Game Engine Start podcast. My name is Ewan. My name's Calm. And this is the sexy voice episode where we lull you in with our jazz singer 20 a day. I don't think that you're, you could ever be described as sexy in any way, Ewan. That's not... But you're, yeah, but obviously obviously you're not going to think that. But all of the... I don't think anyone on earth would ever think that. <laughs> well, of course you're going to say that. You're my brother. That's what yeah. you do. Like, but I, I, I think that... It's it's always slightly weird when you what like when you go into somewhere everyone you open your mouth to say anything and everyone goes are you all right like oh yeah, god you're... how bad does my voice sound well it's when people yeah when people point it out obviously something's wrong but your voice has only just been like slightly hampered by activities sure but you know that sounds worse than what actually happens <laughs> activities yeah but like no but like you know like. When you hear, like the act of hearing yourself recorded, you sound different in your own head than you do to other people. Yes, I noticed that when we published their "Here's My Magic" video, and I sat and listened to it and went, "Oh, that's yeah. weird." Oh. Yeah, that's the clearest you've ever been recorded. The clearest <laughs> you, I've ever because, been recorded because you recorded it. Oh right, yeah, sure. So, um, that makes sense. But yeah, like when you like, so obviously, like I know my voice is different, but when people when you say something, something goes, "Wow, you sound it's like just, shit." It's just like, lore okay. and has a little bit of phlegm in it. It's yeah, not that basically. bad. <laughs> so I'm, I'm recovering from, from being ill at the weekend and then going to various comedy gigs at, on later on at the weekend and then yeah. having no voice on the Sunday. So this is me. Benefit of living in it. Recovering now, but I liked, I'm going to keep my smoky, husky voice, be like an NPR. It's neither smoky nor husky. <laughs> it's just, it just sounds like you've got a bit of a cold. It's not... And today on NPR, we'll no, be talking no, about No, no, it's squirrels. not even an NPR voice. And I've got Larry. That doesn't even work. We don't have NPR in this country. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. Like, what's the equivalent here? Like Radio Six. Like, what's oh the, what, no, is that not a classical? I don't. No, what's, know. What's, the, what's the BBC radio station for? Like old people. Four. No, that's the comedy station. No, it's not. It is. Is the comedy station? It plays comedy for a couple hours a week. Okay. Most of the time, it's the most bullshit documentaries you've ever heard in your life. Fair enough. Okay, Radio 4. Described like, perfectly by one of my friends as it's that station that plays documentaries like the 
second Afghani war told from the perspective of a piano tuner. And I went, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something that would be on Radio 4. Was that not a movie? Was I that, don't fucking know. I think that was actually, but yeah, you're totally right. Like, I only listened to Radio 4 for some of the comedy stuff. That's it. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever listened to Radio 4 as well. And, but. but yeah, I think you might be right. Like, the rest of it is like... Most of the time, right, I can give you an example of this. So okay. I was having this argument with my friend while he was driving, and his taste in music is awful. Um, Describe the, like, which particular stuck, brand of stuck, awful? Stuck in him, him being a 16-year-old. Okay, so like emo, thrash stuff? Yeah, like punk, punk, punk rock and sure. okay. all that sort of stuff. Yep, sure. Uh, and we're driving to my other mate's house, and I said can we stop listening to this pish because I'm 23, not 16. <laughs> they went, all right, fine. But I tur- like, turned off the CD and put it on the radio. Yeah. I went, and it was Radio 4. Yeah. And I went, oh no, let's not listen to Radio 4. He said, oh, what's wrong with Radio 4? And I had this argument that we're having now. <laughs> I had it again. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And he, was was, le- and he, and he was like, and I, I, meanwhile in this argument, I'm like flipping through other radio stations and stuff and had this exact argument and it ended with me making that joke again. And he went, oh, it's not that bad. And I went, I bet you if we turn it back, it'll be that bad. He went, no, 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 and turned it back. First few words out of the guy's mouth were zoned parking structures. (laughs) And I just had my hands up in the air the entire time. Yeah. was like, yep, that's perfect for Radio 4. I bet you this entire documentary isn't even about zoned parking structures, but they felt the need to put that in. Zoned parking structures is possibly the most Radio 4 sentence you could have possibly said. Exactly. And I went, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, at least oh, we've got a name for the episode now. That's awesome. So parking structure. Yeah, totally. Um, so video games. Yeah, so that was complete thing. non-sequitur. Yeah. British radio life. That, I don't know. Non-sequitur might as well be the subtitle of this fucking podcast, to be honest. Yeah, it's all non-sequiturs. Um, yes. Video, video games. games. The actual thing so, that this podcast is supposed to be about. Games are actually starting to appear now. Are they? New games. Really? Well, yeah, I think this is the start of it now. There's been one, I think. There's been two. I think there's one. (laughs) Well, okay, maybe there's been three. We'll find out in a second. So, past two weeks have been the last two games of the uh, PlayStation... So, in the States, it's called... I don't don't even know what you're trying to say here. You're you're starting about three sentences and not finishing any Let me coagulate them into one sentence. In the States, they are running a thing, uh, Sony are running a thing called PlayStation Play, which is their equivalent of the old uh, Summer of Arcade thing that Microsoft used to Oh, do. right, okay, so it's like indie devs selling yeah, their stuff, so oh, like the, the big indie stuff selling. Yeah, know. so it's like, it was for a whole month, there was four four indie games went on sale, or, or like were promoted heavily. Um, so it was the PS4 version of Journey, was M++, but a journey I got for free because I already bought Journey, which is yeah. hey, that game's Journey. It looks real pretty. Is, I mean, I bet it looks really nice on a PS4. It looks super nice. Like I did, I I played up to the section, the the sand skiing section, and it's yeah, super pretty yep, game. Right. But it's still Journey. Yeah. Um. And then N plus plus, I've just never never been a big fan of. Like ah, it's, that game's pretty cool. It's know. the same game that game's always been. Like yeah. you know, um, you can do some crazy shit. Yeah. So then the two real big new ones. The first one was Galaxy came out. Um, oh, right. Sure. Yeah. was last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so I picked that up. Galaxy is, in case you haven't seen it, it is a, what's the best way to describe it? It's like a, it's a roguelike space shooter. It's a roguelike styled like kind of 80s anime, like your, your Macross and your Robotech and your, um, that kind Gundams. of stuff. 
Yeah, very very kind of Gundam Wing, like eighties late eighties Gundam Wing. Um and it looks yeah, it looks like a shmup. It looks like a kind of anime style shmup, but it's really not. It's it's as about hardcore as roguelike as you're gonna get that without just going full on like net hack. It's it's brutally difficult. Like it is That's really, really it's supposed to be, isn't it? But this is like I mean it's more of a yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, most of the roguelikes that I will actually play have some degree of, like, progression, even if you fail. Something like your, your Crypt of the Necrodancer or something like that. Where, oh, sure, yeah. You where you're buying stuff, yeah, you're buying stuff in between. You are progressively getting better, but you're at least always, always doing something. The way Galaxy is structured is it's structured in seasons and episodes, where there's five seasons, and each season has four episodes, I think. Four or five. Five episodes, I think. Um, or it's four episodes and a boss or something like that and basically if you die at any point during a season you have to start the season over again with no holdover so you you lose all your upgrades your, your ship is reset back to zero yeah. the only thing that, that transfers over um, to your next playthrough is um, it's, it's a pickup called crash coins which are just like you get them from killing enemies or you find them mm. in the world or whatever it is and then when you when you start your next when you restart a, any um, season, all those crash coins are immediately translated into the normal currency, so you can get a head start on the oh, next thing. Oh, okay. But so yeah, you get some currency back. Sure, but then again, if you instantly die in the first episode, they're all gone. Like you get their tra- their turn sure, in but, once. But that's you're that. But that's supposed the crash coins. I guess, and they're there to help you make some sort of progression so you, you just think, end up with a kind of infinite loop. But, yeah, Again, you get unlucky in Rogue Totally. Lines. And it's not even like, it's not even a case of unlucky. It's like you need to be on the ball from the start. Like it is yeah, so easy to die. Sure. Uh, again, I'm not used to the hardcore ones. I'm only yeah. used to the kind of lighter ones. But man, it's it is completely brutal. So you, you the, and again, like the, so the ship that you're piloting, you get two, like you basically get two hits on your shield before your shield goes down, and then you get two health points to start with. Does the shield recharge? So the shield recharges gradually. Um, As shields tend to do. Yes, but your health doesn't. And your health doesn't recharge in between episodes either. So you need to buy, you need to repair, you need to finish the season and repair yeah, in order to get sense. health back. Yeah. Um, so that's four hits before you're dead, basically. And... The further on you get, because I've only just got to, I'm about halfway, th- the, the furthest I've got is like episode three in season two so far, and some of those ships you fight, they fire really fucking quickly, and you can get four hits real quick if you are not super on the ball about what's happening. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really difficult. But the start of season two, they, they've they talked about there, they've shown this during a lot of their launch stuff. Uh, you discover at the start of the second season, you can transform into a mech. Rather than just Ooh, a spaceship, awesome. which is awesome, and you like a good mech game. Yes, and it kind of it controls like the ship. Like you've got thrusters. Oh, and the control system's fucking bizarre as well. You basically have thrust forward, thrust reverse, and then you just point with the left stick in a direction. So you can basically you can thrust forward, do an entire one eighty, continue going in that direction, and fire backwards. Like you can pull off some really really cool moves because it's all just physics. Um, but yeah, so the the mech controls very similarly, where you kind of you can launch yourself and turn around and, and do all this kind of stuff. And when they introduce the mech to you, you're like, this thing is so powerful. Like the swords do, the sword you get has, does a bunch of damage. You can do a charge attack. It's a beam does, sword. It's a beam sword. Of course, yes. it's a beam sword. It's a fucking Gundam. 
Um, there's a charge sword attack, which does like double the damage. You've got a shield that you can bring up that will deflect things. And you're like, why would I ever do anything that's not use the mech? And then they introduce these enemies to you that just fucking destroy you as the mech because your shield only appears in front of you with the mech as opposed to all around you. So people things just go on your back and just blow you to bits. Right, got so you, it. So you, you have to like transform like mid-combat quite a lot. Um, it's, oh yeah, if you're, if you're like a transformer, then yeah, you would do yeah. that. Um, but yeah, no, it's the game's really, really awesome, but it is, it is difficult. That's not, basically what I've heard from everybody. Do yeah. not expect it to be a, to be a cakewalk. Um, it's very, very cool though. I do like it. And the style, is they've, they've nailed that style. Um, yeah, it's like the pause menu's got like tracking lines and yeah, it's, ECR. It is exactly like, like it, it hit me because I remember recording anime off the sci-fi channel at three o'clock in the morning and yes, onto, onto yes. VCR tapes and it, yeah, it, the quality was just as shitty. What shit did we watch because it was there? What series uh, did we get off of the God. sci-fi channel? So the, sci- the latest sci-fi channel ones were all, they were normally all movies. They didn't really do a lot of series. Yeah, the series we, saw... we used the series we used to watch used to be on Saturday mornings on what channel was it, like, was it like channel 4 or something like that they had an anime section on like Saturday mornings and they showed Evangelion I know that much oh yeah they showed Evangelion I think they showed I can't remember what channel that was Did it was know? Evangelion and um, Martin's successor Tedesco yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yes so I remember recording a bunch of really terrible anime movies off that and Martin's successor Tedesco is good I no, like but I, I mean the recordings because the, the ones oh, the, yeah, channel the would garbage, show yeah. where like early 90s late 80s ones and they were they were god awful um, Violent Jack god Jesus, um, but yeah, no, they've, they've nailed that style. Like the the cell shading looks really really cool. The explosions look uh, great, um, and then the pause menu is just like a VCR pause menu with the tracking and the blue screen to show your controls and all that kind of stuff. It was it's really really spot on. It's great. So yeah, I highly recommend that. I will be plugging away. And each each of the episodes is like ten to twelve minutes at most, so you can kind of just go and do one and then. Go and do something else. Yeah, it's got so. the good the good roguelike thing of being uh you you can do fast runs if you really want to. Totally. And then but then yeah, the the pain that goes through you when you just fucking fail horribly, like at the start of a mission, you're just like Oh, it's a horrible feeling. Um so yeah, that was last week and then um this week's one was the last of the last of the play stuff was um Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Which ah, is right. the new game from? There has only been one video game out then. <laughs> you know what? You're probably <laughs> not. Cut and I love it. You're probably not far off. Yes. But <laughs> it's vilified. Yeah. So everybody's going to rapture is the game, new game from the Chinese Room, who are famous for doing uh, Dear Esther, which was a Half Life Two mod, which. Um, did they did, not do a sequel did, of some other game as well? They did the second Amnesia game. They did That's a Machine for Pigs, which yeah. was um, them. So this is led, their led to one of the funniest moments I've ever seen on a University of Glasgow gaming uh, console LAN on the big screen. Was that game? What, Amnesia? Because our, our president decided he wanted to play through the entirety of Amnesia Machine for Pigs. Sure. In one night, so we like turned all the lights off and just all sat and watched nice. it. And there's a puzzle in that game. Where you have to put a fuel tank in a car, okay. and it's a really this like weird kind of obscure shape. So you is spent that, like is, is that game not set in like Victorian England? Yeah, it was like an old ass car, but okay. it's like fantasy shit. Oh so sure, okay. um, 
he's got this he's got this fuel tank and he knew he needed to put it in the car so it was like 10 minutes of him putting the fuel tank in it not locking into place to tell him he's done the thing taking it out spinning it round a bit putting it in a different way taking it out spinning it round putting it in getting really mad and throwing it across the level running after it picking it back up again <laughs> putting it in the car spinning it round and then not realising that he had to run five minutes in the other direction to fill the fuel tank up with fuel oh it was empty nice there, okay. was, a big, sure. there was a big fuel refilling station they had noticed <laughs> so he like just ran around the level for ages with this fuel tank going I don't know what the fuck I'm doing I get really mad so we were all just... pissing ourselves laughing so did you all know and you just didn't tell him I don't, I, someone in that room must have known right but at the time we were all watching it, we were just helpless watching our president, who's a guy who's very good at video games, just sitting prodding this fuel tank into a car <laughs> over and over again. It was so brilliant. That's pretty good. I like yeah. that. Um, Sorry, yes, you're no, not video games. Let's talk about that. Non Secretors, the podcast. Um, so this is uh, so this is their new game, um, and I would love to tell you what it's about, but for two reasons that's very difficult. One, because the whole game is about discovering what it's not about. A video game. Is that the point? It's, you can tell me it's fine, it's just me here. That sounds so good in my headphones, you have no <laughs> idea. So God knows how that's going to sound. I'm not going to stop, I'm not going to um, So, th- yeah, one, because it's, like, the whole game is about finding out what happened, so anything I would say have would be spoilers. Have people actually gone to a rapture? Is that the point? I... Well, like, don't spoil it, but is it like you're in a place where there are no people and you're walking around? Is that I'm the game? I'm pretty sure they believe they all have, yes. Okay, fine. Um, well, you're, you're in an empty place with no other people, and you're walking yes. around. So right? it's set in like a in a very, very, very convincing looking Middle England village, kind of Shropshire. I think it is actually in Shropshire somewhere. Shropshire. Um, spot on recreation of what those villages look like. Um, so like very small, very small um, general stores and local pubs and totally the, the, red, the pub red. Um, what they called. Phone boxes, all yes, that stuff. Yes, totally. Um, all of that stuff, like down to the, the signs, down to the, the weird eccentricities of British roads and all that kind of stuff. Like it is a fantastic recreation. Sure. And the game looks fucking incredible. Like, Yes, it looks very impressive. It's a, it's a CryEngine game, which I'd completely forgotten mm. about, but it yeah. looks like incredible. And some of the, some of the, the, the set piece moments in that game... Just, they do some great things with lighting. Like, there's moments where, like, the sun will just disappear and then come back. Like, all and all the dynamic lighting all works as you'd expect and it looks amazing. And, like, it'll go from daytime to night and the sky will fill with stars and then it'll come back to day. It, it, looks, it looks fucking incredible. Yeah, I've um, seen very impressive shots and video yeah. of it. Uh, the voice acting is amazing from start so to finish. Right. What do you do in this game? So what is it, it? It is it is a a great Steam joke that there's a bunch of games on there that are tagged as walking simulators. Yes, this is a walking simulator. You start. Um, so it's you, it's you, gone home, but on a bigger scale because it's in a village and not one completely, house. Completely, it's it's closer to gone home than something like Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Sure. Where Vanishing of Ethan Carter had mechanics in it. It had mechanics. It had yeah. those sections where you go and there would be like the, the the investigation part of it where you try and work out exactly what happened and you pick things of Ethan up. Vanishing Carter broke my "I'm sick of indie games not being games" thing because yeah, I went, "It's totally. almost one of those, but it actually has gameplay elements." Totally. In it. So like, I like I kind of like until it got all weird and mystical and bullshit and totally. scary. So this this one is this one's weird from the jump. Like it's um, 
you kind of you kind of come to or I don't know if you come, I can't remember I think do you wake up you kind of or do you come into focus I think you wake you played up this game I don't know I was I, I was very ill at the time um, oh yeah you were doped up on cough medicine yeah right? I was so full on cough medicine I was like you know what I need to do I need to play a game that will fuck you in the head that will I work. need to play with this really weird trippy game yeah so you kind of you kind of wake up and there's this just this ball of light just sitting at the door and it kind of zooms off and you walk outside and you follow that ball of light around this fake English town and it tells you what happened and there's a couple of ways it, it tells you what happened so there's a couple of like kind of ways it, it dumps info on you so there's stuff like um, uh, there's, so there's like uh, radios like just normal also oh, this is like mid to late 80s I think this is sure. set um, and okay. this is purely judging by the cell phones they have <laughs> like it's that That's, kind of okay, sure. it's those big chunky cell phones with the hard plastic antennas and the kind right. of okay, angle so yeah ones. that's like late 80s I think. yeah, yeah. Um, so there's uh, like radios all over the place that are playing like an emergency broadcast message and oh, so something has happened yeah or, or at least something has happened in this community and this community is broadcasting a like kind of FEMA style emergency broadcast. Sure. Locally stay in, people stay in your houses. You're in quarantine, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, you interact with them and this woman called Kate is talking. Sounds like she's leaving a diary or something like that. There are phone boxes which are ringing all over the place. And that's this other guy called Stephen is talking to you. I don't know if he's talking to you or if he's talking to, um, other people that you are hearing are not entirely sure, but it's really just him that you hear on these phones. Sure. Um, and then there are things that you, you'll come across are just these kind of um, light figure conversations. So you'll follow this ball of light around and eventually you'll get to points where these kind of f- people made just like kind of like light. What's the best way to describe this? <laughs> like kind of clouds of light will basically form into human shapes Sure. And we'll okay. obviously like they will replay something that happened on the spot, right? And you'll it, it, they will animate, but you'll only see like glimpses of them. Like you'll you'll see like the light kind of spins round where they would be, and every now and then the light will coalesce into a human shape, and then it'll dissipate right, okay. again. So you get sure. these spotty bits. So you see kind of like stop frame animation almost, but it looks really really cool. And it'll basically just tell the story of this village and all these people interacting and and all this kind of stuff. And so the the main thing I wanted to say about this game is that it's, I think I was like three hours, maybe, I played it um, from start to finish. Um, It does have an end. It's not like a horror story stuff thing. Do you you solve it? Do you figure out what's happened? So there is an ending and... There is an ending. <laughs> okay, sure. And you have a, I have a rough idea. Is it one of these endings where it finishes and you go, huh? Uh, yeah, it- totally. So I was really, really confused. So I, I finished the game. I got to the ending. The credits rolled and it went back to the main screen again. And as the credits rolled and as the credits ended, a trophy popped because I was mm. playing on PlayStation. A trophy popped up. And there was this, and it was like the end, like gold trophy for finishing the game. It's like okay, yeah. cool, that's fair enough. And then I had this sudden thought that like I haven't seen another trophy throughout this entire game. 
Oh, right, okay, sure. Like, is there only one trophy? Like, have they done the thing that I would assume that narrative-focused games would do and just say, like... Which is just like, yep, you got through it. You got through it, here's a trophy. Um, I went back and looked at the trophies. There are 20 trophies in that game. (laughs) I got one. What for? So... Do do, do the, like, names of the trophies and stuff give you hints? They tell you exactly what you need to do. Oh, okay, But they are said in a way where you can look at them, like, you could not play the game, look at the trophy list, and it'll mean nothing to you. But you look at it, having gone, th- met all these characters and heard all their stories, and then go into it, and it's all this super specific minutia. Right. So like, you think it's for like second playthrough stuff, or I think that what I think happened is, that, like I was saying, so you wake up and there's this ball of light, and as soon as you wake up, as soon as you wake up and you get near the ball of light, the ball of light shoots off into the distance, right? Yeah. And your instinctive kind of game playing feeling is like, go follow the ball of light, and you follow the ball of light, and you do it stuff. And it drags you around this whole village and takes you through all the locations and does all this kind of stuff. And I got to the end, it was like, cool. So it was a really good way of like, there's this huge big open space. This village is pretty big in terms of gameplay area. It's pretty huge. Um, If this was just like a go explore and find stuff, I would get so lost and so pissed off. Mm -hmm. But this is a way of guiding you. Like, here are the big areas of the game and you can find the story. And I thought I'd seen everything that it it was going to take me around. But... There is so much side shit. Like, the the ball will go to an area and then kind of wait for a little bit. And I'm like, okay. And it'll play like one of these light marionette bits and then it'll take off again. And I just right. went with it. But what you're what it seems like you're actually supposed to do is like see the light marionette bit and then start exploring the place. And like... Like where the light marionette thing happened. Like, like where they were. It. So like one of, one of them will be in like a garage of a house. Sure. You'll, okay. you'll turn up the garage of the house, and these two people will have an argument, and then they'll dissipate. And why wouldn't you do that naturally? Because the way the way because that's kind of what I would do in that situation. To- and it's normally like- it's normally what I would do as well. But I think probably what happened was very very early on. I got to I got, I got to one of these things. I saw the thing, and then the ball shot off, uh-huh. and I was like, oh. I must have done everything here. I'll follow, follow the ball. The ball. <laughs> so I went and followed the ball to the next section. Sure. And then about halfway through, I was like, I'm actually going to explore this because this area looks really interesting. There looks like a lot of stuff here. And I saw the bit and then I went into the house and started like pulling out drawers and looking at things and, and reading notes and all this kind of stuff. And then came out and the ball was gone. And I spent a solid 20 minutes looking for it again. And it was like, because right, okay. you, you walk out and it's like, you could go anywhere here. Like There's no like... There's no path here. You could just go anywhere. So there's a case of like, I went in a certain direction, couldn't see it, and then went back. And then went in another direction, couldn't see it, and went back. So I lost 20 minutes just looking for this thing. I was like, okay, obviously I'm just to stick with this thing and just go, right? So I just stuck with, I stuck next to the ball for the whole thing. So what it actually was is I mainlined the game. And then that trophy popped when I looked at it. I was like, oh shit, I didn't play with that guy's train set. That was a trophy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, sure. sure. Okay. So there's a whole bunch more to do in that game. So I'm probably going to go through it again, which is, again, something I never do with games like this. Yeah. Is play but this, through this it again. is giving you a reason to, because you've got stuff to actually go totally. Um But yeah, and the way, the, the, the way it's structured is that there's there's like four or five main characters in the game and a, and a bunch of like side-named characters as well. Um, and the way it does it, it every now and then... There's a kind of arc that happens, and um, you'll you'll go into an area, and a name will pop up on the screen. So it'll be like Wendy, and that's the point. You know where the next bunch of scenes and where it's going to take you is going to tell you the story of Wendy and this arc that she's going to take over the thing yeah. before 
it looks like she gets raptured. And there's a in each <laughs> is one. Is that each, a verb you can use? Someone gets raptured. I'm pretty sure that's a verb. Anyway, it's uh, okay. Sure, it's not real. Um, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> ain't gonna happen. No. Um, so there's this kind of arc where they get they they disappear at the end of it, and there's a really and the ending where they they disappear is some like the way it's done and the bit after it is just fucking gorgeous. It's one of the best looking set piece things that I've seen. Um, and the music is incredible. Like the music is absolutely spectacular. It it's not just like that kind of orchestral playing to your emotions thing. Like sure. it is beautifully done. It fits really well. It's thematic with each of the characters as you're following them. It's 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 at least forty percent of that game for me was just this, the 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 way the music interacts with you and the way that. that it, flows through the, the game it's just it's spectacular um, all of the little like, character interactions there's a lot of really interesting stories that happen there and how they all play off each other and how, all this side stuff that's happened but to answer your original question at the start is that a video no, game? it is a interactive experience and even interactive is probably pushing it it is so it's not a video game the thing I left with is that, regardless of whether it's a game or not, I want these guys to make a VR thing. Right, that's, that's, that's what I, I left buy. with. Yeah, yeah. I can if this was doing a cool VR thing. If this was a if this was a VR game, this will sell VR headsets. Like it is, the world they managed to create and put you in is spectacular, and it lends itself to being this kind of thing you can just immerse yourself in is wonder. Like there are. You walk with the left stick, you look with the right stick, and you press X to interact with things. Yeah. And that's it. Like, there's... And the only other thing you do is occasionally there will be kind of off the... Not even off the beaten track, but, like, other kind of ball, like balls of light that exist that appear when you get near them. And then you kind of tilt the controller to kind of tune yourself in to these things, and then they explode in a bigger kind sure, of marionette yeah. scene plays. That's the limit of your interaction with this game. Do the not thing ex- is that while I agree with you that something like that would work really well in VR, my problem with it would be that that sort that sort of thing works really well in VR, mm. and I would be worried that then people make too many of those type of things oh, for totally. VR. Totally, and I don't want. While that would be cool, I would want a couple of those kind of things. I don't want the entire market for VR to be that kind of thing. The thing is, I don't. Th- think you could because the amount of work that's obviously gone into this is spectacular yeah that's true and yeah i've been working on this for a really long time haven't yeah I? totally um this is i think they're working on this year or yeah i think this is why they were working on it what during amnesia i seem to remember but like just the amount of voice acting the amount the the, the detail of this world that they've created and i only apparently i only saw half of it like yeah apparently um like all the, the minutiae detail in there like everything Everything is placed so, and it, it it was a real different thing as well from like because normally when you're going around stuff like this or these kind of when you talk about like a detailed world like if you think of something like Last of Us which was the last game I could probably think of that had like this it felt like a real place that had gone to shit like, yeah uh, there's like everything's broken and moldy and disused and all that kind of stuff nature's the... taken back yeah that's yes yeah. totally that kind of thing um. This is a world where it seems really stupid to say, but this is a world where everyone's been raptured. 
Like, so, Brent, people no, no, were... I get what you mean, because this is the kind of thing that I'll... So if I describe this to you, you can tell me if this is real, because mm. that seems like a cool place, where it's very obvious that people are gone, yes. but they've on, they're only just gone, so there all are... it does is make it feel like it's really eerie, because totally. there should there be are... people, but there isn't. Like, I walked into a room, and there was a... a a mug of coffee still steaming on the table. Yeah, that like that's that kind of stuff. Interesting setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just like nothing's like wrecked or disused. Like there's no paper blowing all over the place. Like literally, there was a person yeah. here and now there is not. Yeah, and you there's just the, missed them. Both and both like the Last of Us universe and that kind of universe. They ask the same question of every time you like walk into a room, you go, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, you're asking completely different versions of that question. Totally, it's, it's like really, rather it's than really cool rather though. rather than people like going horizontally through a space, they've been, it's as if they've gone vertically, like as if they've been yeah. lifted out of it, as yeah. opposed to oh, interacting with the space. Yeah, like they've been raptured. Um, and I mean, there's always that little. There's also that little bit of kind of last of stuff where like, like houses have these um, quarantine signs on them saying like, but they're very, they're very, very British quarantine signs. Like the the what's it? I can't remember the name of the organization. Like the the organization that they bring in, like the equivalent of like FEMA or something like that. Do we have there's, a FEMA equivalent? No, I, we we do. But CDC? this is like a. But this wasn't even like a British thing. This is like a Middle England. Group. Oh right, okay. Thing. So it's like the local police. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> and it we recommend sense. that you stay inside your house and all of this kind of stuff. And it's this great thing of like there's there's characters in there. There's like there's a very kind of what you would expect like a Shropshire old woman to be, and you hear her all over the place. And there's a great contrast with her being a Middle England old lady, with her also just like getting fucking furious and just swearing sure. at people and, and all this. That kind sounds of stuff. very Middle England. Yeah. Totally. Um, and there's a bunch of different bunch of um just all the voice acting all over is spectacular the one recommendation i would say to anyone who's going to play this even if you don't normally do this switch on subtitles I've because heard this before, yeah. yeah because like i said you don't ever see another character you see like the light representations of those characters and until you really get to know the voices it's really difficult to forget who's talking and who's yeah. Who. You need to track conversations totally. Too. So it's just really useful to know. Okay, that's Jeremy. Right, got you. Um, Jeremy's a very middle English name. It is. He's also a pastor, which is Jeremy's a pastor. But he's like a young pastor, so like he'll he'll quote um, he'll quote Matthew verses and also be really down to earth at the same time. Like he's yeah. he's a, Jeremy's a really really cool character. He's cool pastor. Cool pastor. It's gonna wax lyrical about Jesus at you. Yeah, and there's great moments of like, kind of subtle middle, middle subtle like old lady Middle England racism that's not really racism and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh right, yeah. Like sure. it feels like these people existed. That's that's yeah. the important thing. They feel these people like, like real people. Person. Totally. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really cool, but I'm still I still don't entirely know what happened. But I know the result of all these characters. But sure. they kind of it's like the, it's like in Last of Us. Well, no, they tell you in Last of Us. It's like Walking Dead, and they never tell you what made them all zombies. Like, Although you know, that may get that may get talked about uh, this season, not this season. Uh, the new show that's coming out. Oh really? I thought the Fear whole thing of the Walking Dead is apparently set like just as it's about to happen, so you start seeing it oh. develop. Interesting. So that could be a cool TV show. Um, but yeah, so you see the results of something that happened and you know roughly where it originated, but you don't know what it is. Sure, yeah. But you also kind of don't need to. 
Um, it's kind of really hard to get in specifics without giving yeah, parts of it away. Well it. yeah. It's like it's totally. I mean, if you're on on PlayStation now, now it's it's still on sale, and it's I think it's eleven quid, and I think for two playthroughs, that's if you're really into stuff like that, like you should probably pick it up. If not, I mean, I think it's it's PlayStation exclusive right now. I think I don't know if it's out for PC. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I think, okay. I think it's uh, only PS4. Right. Okay. Um, I think it's coming out later. Probably it will for... probably, but I think it's they're, they're um, keeping it for their exclusively summer daily. Yeah, but I mean, if you like, if you're if you like going home, if you like Ethan Carter, this is totally down that kind of. You just you kind of just have to go with it. You just have to let yourself yeah. be carried away with it and see it, and, and you'll get something out of it. If you sure. want to go and experience a story, totally, and it's a it's a pretty great. This is a really weird argument to be having when we've spent like a lot of time watching Metal Gear Solid Four again, and we're like, Which is, yeah. if, if if that if everybody's got to the rapture doesn't count as a video game, does Metal Gear Solid count as a video game? Because you don't play a lot of that game. Metal Gear, yeah, but Metal Gear Solid is a video game in a way that yeah, that game, that yeah. shit can only happen in a video game. Like if even if that might be the most video game video game, hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, apart from the usual stuff, that's that's so pretty much it. Um, I am. I want to play more Sunless Sea this week because that's been sitting in the back of my head for a while. More roguelikes. Got... Yes, but this is yeah. yes, totally. Um, and like I've been playing Crypt of the Necrodancer like on and off since I got it. Yeah. Like, the yeah. game's fucking incredible. It really yeah. is. Um, but yeah, apart from the normal stuff, your your destinies and your whatnot, that was that still was playing Destiny. God. I am still playing. I might be done till Taken King. That might be me. I've hit your expansion because I've got. Have you done the raid yet? I haven't done the raid yet. That's this week's plan. Um, I, I didn't have time in the past couple of weeks, but um, I had a bunch of stuff on. But this week I am going to. So not only is it an investigation into how good actually is the raid, it's also an investigation into this. Um, Destiny LFG site that everyone uses or app. Oh god, that's their LFG and oh god, yeah, because the, the raids are the raids are the raids. Yeah, I know you have to be like in a group to do yes, it. Yes, there's, there's not ac- there's not actual LFG, but there's like it's the, it's the re- it is the reason why I have never played the raid is because there's no matchmaking in the raids. Oh, god, that'll be um, terrible. LFG is always terrible in raids. So I'm thinking like rather than maybe rather than using something like Destiny LFG, like maybe just posting the giant bomb forums or something like that and going look, um. First time going through the raid. I'm 32, but I'll, I'll do this. Yeah, sure. Is anyone up for it? And um, yeah, you may find you'll find good people. Though. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but I need I need to see it. I need to see it. Yeah, before. you do. You need to. If only to experience what a raid is, because you've never done a raid before nope, in totally. your life in anything. So you need to totally see not. what a raid is like. And also the fact so if you that see, because if you see a raid, you might start to understand why people like MMOs. No, I I know now why people like MMOs. I'm playing yeah. one. Like well, yeah, but you've, you've, you've not seen the the main you've seen part. What, you've, you've seen why people like MMOs from start to max level. You've not seen why people really like MMOs, which is all the end game content. Sure. Which is um, what you're about to see. When you and also the fact that I've, I've saved up a bunch of uh, prison keys. So um, Did you get your Galahorn this week. I know Zer was selling a Galahorn. I don't give a fuck about the Galahorn. It was really funny I to thought, see people I, I, freaking I the fuck out. I thought it was funny to see because I know it's going to get nerfed. You see, I yeah, don't even play that, that today and I'll look at all this shit. That was it's, the thing. I, I thought it was fascinating. Um, that, yeah, oh, so, oh, we're going to nerf this, so we're going to give it to Zer. Um, to, bring it, to bring in the one bit of Destiny news I had this, this week, um, yeah, Zer, um, who's the, 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 the weekend trader who you trade in your strange coins to get stuff, 
Um, this is the first time he sold the Gallarhorn, and there are a bunch of people very, very relieved. He's an he, agent, he agent of the Nine. Is that agent of the is? agent of the, he is an agent of the Nine. Yes, agent of the Nine, yeah. which has never been explained what they are. Is it not? Okay, nope. sure. Because it sounds really cool. I don't know. He, he looks awesome. He looks like yeah, he's all smoky face. Um, yeah, he yeah. looks like the kind of dark brother of um, the merchant from Resident Evil. Yeah, like he doesn't he, have he the voice though. Yes, so he was selling Galahorns and a bunch of people were very happy they got Galahorns. I saw a couple of tweets actually. Actually, um, one of the tweets they all got Lol. was uh, not yet, not till September fifteenth when Taken King comes out. Um, I saw um, what's his name? Um, Adam Boys on Twitter um, hmm. posted a picture senior of senior Sony big man Adam yeah, Boys, head of third party relations, who's a big That's Destiny player. Um, he had he was he was in a hotel doing some press thing. I think he's playing game. No, Gamescom's done. Wherever he was, um, and he had the PS4 with him. And apparently, he hooked his PS4 up to the hotel Wi-Fi purely to go into Destiny to go buy a Galahorn. Nice. Um, and I saw, bunch of, problem. I saw a bunch of people sto- uh, stories of people using their phones as mobile Wi-Fi spots <laughs> to connect their PS4s so they could go buy Galahorn. Yeah, like it was. It was fucking crazy. Amazing. And I don't use rocket launchers, so it was pointless to me. So yeah, but you don't just need a Galahorn to say that you've got a Galahorn. I don't. Give a, I don't even think. I think it looks dumb. I think it looks really dumb. But is it not just good? Is that not the point? It's a rocket launcher. Like it does a yeah. bunch of damage. It's not why I play. It's not the way I play Destiny. So yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um. Yes. So apart from the new stuff, that was me. What about yourself? What have you been? Up uh, to? So I'm. I'm. I'm a free man now. You are. I had my last bit of uni work and spent. When the hand in last Monday? Yeah, last yes, Monday. Yes, it was, because I remember you having a com- I- I am conversation spent maybe while you were horrendously drunk. A lot of that week being horrendously drunk. I seem to... I've, um, I have a vague memory of talking to you on the following Tuesday and saying, how are you this morning? And you replied with two words, which I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure listeners can guess what those two words off, were. Because yeah. um, I'm very hungover. Yes, I could tell. Um, but yeah, I spent, a lot of, I spent a lot of that week being quite drunk, um, which was nice. I'm sure. I enjoyed that. A lot of weird shit happens <laughs> when you're very drunk yeah but that's very good um so in terms of video games i finished kotor 2 technically for the like sixth time or something like that but yeah. this is the first game with the expanded content and stuff expanded content's really good in that game some really so, cool shit in so this that is game. the what's it called the sith restoration sith restoration content sure it's expansion which puts sure. all the stuff that was on the disc back onto the disc and, and the content they've, d- they've done well with that content yes the, some, of the, the, some of the stuff is really really cool okay. and makes the story make a lot more sense and puts you in a better position in the world than the original did okay does it explain more story origi- points or it was, it's like it takes the story points that are there but like deepens them it's exactly what I wanted where it takes everything that's already there and just puts more depth to it Right, there's a lot more like things you can do instead of your character just being this kind of, oh, you're the exile, doop doo and you've got to go and save the world from these two Darth idiots, whatever. It expands on it and makes you understand why the exile was a big deal and how you feel, how lets the player develop their feelings about the exile and how they felt about it. That then drives the story, so your character has more of a character instead of it just being a kind of cut out oh you're the exile and you got all that stuff you can drive it by how you feel about how like the council treated you and how sure. the planets start treating you and all that sort of really really good stuff on that content I'm quite cool. happy with it um, 
more excuse to play that game. Uh, so is that you actually finished it? Yeah, that game's done. It's not very long. It's only like 12, 15 hours or something like that. Really? I thought yeah, it was like not, a 40 hour game or something like that. No, it's not that fast. It's quite a quick game. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Played that, uh, went back and finally got around to properly finishing Pillars of Eternity because I never really finished that game. Oh, okay. Got to the point at which the big twist happens. Mm-hmm. And, well, not a point just after the big twist happens that's like the bit leading into the basically the final encounter like sure. I'm standing outside the final encounter of my save okay I learned what the big twist was and just kind of went oh shit and just like saved the game and didn't want to progress anymore so it was it was a genuine big twist I, I really enjoyed it it's it's a cool kind of take on a really old fantasy trope okay I'll, I could, I'll explain to you later, but yeah, explain it's, it, there. It's, really, it's, it's really, I quite enjoyed it, um, because it puts, it, t- it takes, like I said, it takes like normal fantasy stuff and kind of turns on its head. And I tried, it took me, it took me a while. Like I, I decided at that point, I was like, I don't want to finish this game. I want to sit and process how I feel about this before I finish and play it. And then never went back and finished it. So I went back and finished it. Sure. And it, it ends yeah, it ends, it ends in a kind of typical fantasy way of you defeat the big bad and then you learn how all your choices affect the world. It's like, and he did this, which led to blah, 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 and all that oh, stuff. Oh, really? Was, See, yeah. that, would seem end, real, that would seem really cheap to me whenever they do that in games, where it's just it's, like, here's all these loose ends we haven't quite wrapped up, so here's a here's a static image of the dude. Yeah, and I'm, I'm starting, I, I think it was a necessity of it being a Kickstarter game. Because ah, like all, okay. all the stuff, all the stuff that's like the the cool. Instead of there being cutscenes, there's like choose your own adventure style things. Sure. So that's which are really really cool in the game. But at the end, instead of having like a big cutscene that would tie everything up, they just have a bunch of like still frames that just go. So it is this that, happens. Okay. This happens and this. Happens. Sure. I suppose it's difficult to do, um, like in game that kind of wrapping up thing because like when you've just got. I don't know, like, you can't really do, like, animated cutscenes or stuff like no, that. Like, you've you got to kind of do it in a story especially way. Especially when the rest of the game didn't have an animated cutscene. It's just yeah. all just kind of... You do, your, you, do your, you do all the, like, stuff leading into the fight that's all an engine. Right. And it's pretty cool because you do a bunch of, like, story revelation stuff. It's where you learn about the twist and all that thing. Sure, sure, sure. But then the end of the game is just kind of still image, still image, still image, still image. It's... Which is... Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not... You, you, but it does it. It does it in the kind of really cheesy way of like, here's, so you d- you did this in the ending. Here's this choice and what that means for the world. Here's this choice and what that means for the world. Here's this follower. This is what they did and this is how they ended up because of that and blah blah. And they just do that and they're like, okay, eh, it's kind of lazy. But then they couldn't really do anything else because that would seem weird. Sure. So, eh, fair enough. It's it's still like that game's still like incredible. It's still an amazing Good. game. Like any RPG fan. Should it's, play worth, that it's definitely like the Baldur's Gate follow-up that people wanted. Yeah, so instead of, instead of like taking it in the direction that Divinity Original Sin did, which was mm. like take take the genre and think of new things to do with it, and mm. like how how you go about changing it. This took what those games were and just developed on those ideas and modernized those ideas. Sure. So which are two different things, but they end up with two very very good games. And Divinity Original Sin's getting a sequel, which is all good. Oh, cool. Um, or it should be good when the Kickstarter goes live. I can only imagine that when the Kickstarter goes live, that thing gets a sequel. But yeah, that seemed to do pretty well last time. Yeah. So, so I finished. So I finished Pillars of Eternity in time for the expansion to happen. Oh, they do so an expansion. 
yeah, there's like a story pack or something. I can't oh, remember cool. what it's called. I need to okay. look it up. But um, cool. Yeah, so I did that. Uh, what else did I do? Played a lot of crypto the Necrodancer. Yeah, you kept like I would just randomly get messages during the week going, "Crypto the Necrodancer is really good." Yeah, I because I didn't, I could, I didn't own it. I only realized like a week ago that it was in your Steam library, and because we're sharing Steam libraries, I could just sure. go and play it. Well, I, it's a one-way sharing. I still can't play any of your games. Yeah, for some reason you can't get into um, you can't get into my library. Yeah, I don't know what you want on my library, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There was a couple of things I can't remember. You managed to play Deadpool on it, which I was... played Deadpool and I played um, Call of Duty Gunslinger. Oh yeah, sure. Those are the two. But there's a bunch of like random stuff on yours that I'd wanted to try and just be yeah. like spend up hour in and just be like, okay. The White yeah. Marsh, that's what the expansion's called. The White, White Marsh. Marsh. Okay. Um So yeah, I played a bunch of Crypto Next and I said that game's really fucking good. Yeah. I think that game's incredible. Have we actually talked about it on this show before? Uh I can't remember. I don't think we have, actually. Okay. So it's it like people probably know what it is by now, this like the music based roguelike um dungeon crawling style thing. Yeah. Where it's just like a normal roguelike where you have to like pick up items and progress through this place that has a bunch of enemies that are trying to stop you. But everything's done to music. Yes. So there's this, there's this beat, and all the music's fantastic because we've talked oh, about that the before. the music's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's done to this kind of beat where all your movements and attacks have to be done to this beat, otherwise you lose this multiplier that earns yes. you more money. And where that becomes really interesting is because you're working in a beat, all the enemies work in a beat as well. Mm. And every enemy has its own individual method of moving around to the beat yeah so you, then, so, so you then have to basically quickly scan every room you're in and realize what beat everybody's on yeah and try and maneuver your way around it to so get... like some enemies will only move every second beat some of them yeah. will move and then attack on the second beat or something like that but yeah yeah like the the, the, the example cool. that you get is uh one of the basic enemies is a skeleton which j- it, it jumps forward every second beat so it like jumps it does a little dance and then jumps again. Mm. So you need to attack it, jump back as it jumps into you, and then attack it again to get it dead. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really interesting kind of. Especially uh, that skeleton is a really the 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 fact the way that thing works and the fact it only like does can potentially do damage in the second beat means yeah. that you end up doing really stupid things because you have to always be moving. You do it's really stupid things like trying to chase it down. And like you chase it down twice and it attacks you both times because you can't catch up with it. Yeah, and it's it's, it's and it, as soon as you do it the second time, you're like fuck and instantly move up. But it's yeah, it's so quick you don't get that chance to think. And it's still it's still a rogue, and it's it's a weird kind of take on the roguelikes because where roguelikes um, you you fuck up in roguelikes where you you think you understand something and try and execute on it and the game punishes you for it. Yep. So you then learn totally. about it next time. Whereas that, it's true in this game as well, where you start learning how all the enemies work together, so you mm. then start planning your rooms better. But it also just fucks with you by having this beat behind you the entire time yeah. that's making you say, go, make a move, make a move, you go. You have to go. move every So you just have time. to keep going. So yep. you, you make more mistakes because the game's making you go. Yep. But then that's driving the kind of natural roguelike loop that happens, where you start getting into the feel of it and understanding the songs of each level and, and you, the beat behind them and... And you can't take a lot of damage either. Like no, you, can. you can very yeah, quickly like get problems. But yeah. yeah, so it's really it's cool kind of take on this. Awesome game. It's such a cool game. Awesome, awesome um, game. Every floor's got its own kind of unique style. 
of music. And it sounds like the, the the boss fights are great. Like the boss a... fights are really interesting. So this is where it's, I, I was in love with the game while I was sitting playing through it, and then I started getting good enough at it to where you'd hit. So it's like three floors and then a boss fight. And I was really impressed with it just on the first level. And I was like, oh, oh man, this is such a great idea and got all these gameplay ideas and stuff. And then got to the boss fights and they're super clever. They're some of the most yep. like, like interesting bits of game design I've seen in a really long time. Totally. Like they, they all have an individual style of music. Mm-hmm. So there's like blues, death metal, uh, rumba, and something else I can't remember. Yeah. But they, because they're in an individual style of music, the way that the boss encounter works is tuned to that kind of music. So, like, the best one I've seen is the the rumba one called uh, King Konga. King Konga, who, yeah. Who you enter his big dungeon and there's a giant conga line happening. So there's, like, all these zombies in a conga line. But because it's in a rumba beat, it's doing it It's doing it three beats and then a, miss, a breath beat. Mm-hmm. And that's relevant to the song, so because if you try and make an action on the rest beat, you lose your multiplier. The same way as if you'd not moved yeah. during so the rumble beat. You have to move like one, two, three, break. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three, break. It and t- it's, you start. Your brain has to really understand what's going on in the music to then be able to play the game. It took me a long time amazing. to work that out. What was going yeah. wrong? Because every now and then I would just stop and I'd be like, "What the fuck." and then just keep yeah because again you see, you see that there's like two conga lines that when you enter the room there's two conga lines coming towards you and you're like okay it's just a giant conga line for a zombie and they all stop yeah and then keep going and you're like what's going on here so you, it, again it's this perfect kind of melding of game mechanics to the central theme of thing which is the music to where you start seeing the march towards you and they take a beat and you go wait what's going on and when you, they, they do it again you realise the music cuts out so like wait what's going on so you look at your bar at the bottom that's like your temple like metronome basically that tells you the temple yeah and then when you look at that there's a giant break there's a big gap in it ah so it's a rest so you need to not do anything there because no one else is and you're going to lose your multiplier which which could affect like the damage of your weapons or which is really really bad when the 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 boss the 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 king kong himself is fucking chasing you down yeah. And you're running away and then everyone stops and you've got to stop for that beat and then keep going again. Yeah, because you start panicking and start moving really quickly yeah. and then forgetting the rest beat. Yeah. Screwing up your multiplier and then everybody just gets attacks on you and you die. And it's Yeah. And yet like the fact that they've tied like cause some of the items you can get during it are tied to your multiplier and how well you can keep that chain going. So like yeah, there's like you can buy armor that protects you more the higher your multiplier. So if you're in a boss fight and you suddenly lose your multiplier, all your defense disappears and then you're in real shit. Like, yeah, you have to be that, super careful. The game melds design and music and implementation so yeah. perfectly. That game it's is... almost like they designed the game for us. It's mm. spectacular, it really is. They've heard an amazing soundtrack to, the, to a game that is entirely dependent on how amazing that soundtrack is yep. and what you can do with a good soundtrack. It's totally. incredible. Yep. Games. I agree. So good, and it's, like, super cheap as well. That game yeah. is way worth it. <laughs> that game will be coming up at our end of year discussions, I am mm. pretty confident at this point. Yeah, that game's so good. I keep playing it. I keep going back to it. <laughs> yep, it's like, playing, like it's, a couple of runs of it and just going. Yeah. And I've gone, I've gone back to like see because it's a roguelike. You start getting as you start understanding the game, you get better at it. So yep. like floor one now to me mm-hmm. is like nothing. I can yep. do that with my eyes shut. But 100%. I keep going back to it because the music's so good. Yeah, and it's when like experience playing it with that music. Yeah, I wish you could like. I'm assuming you you probably can because you can add your custom music to that. And I've tried that a couple of times and it works. Yeah really really well um but i'm assuming you could probably just put the first the floor one tracks 
in Floor 2, I would assume, because I think the, Probably, the, music, yeah. the music selection menu has like all of the built-in tracks as well. Probably and you can assign different ones. It wouldn't work for Floor 3, though, because Floor 3 is really interesting. Because I haven't hit Floor 3 yet. I haven't managed to finish 2 yet. Oh, floor no. 3 is really cool because it's... Um, so, like, the, fir- the first level is, like, a typical dungeon. The second level is, like, a garden with, like, mushrooms and stuff in it. Yeah. The third floor is the fire and ice floor to where the, oh. entire, le- the entire floor is separated in the middle between fire and ice. And okay. fire is, like, heavy rock-like metal. So it's a bunch of, like, overdriven guitars and, like, heavy drum beats and all that mm. sort of stuff. When you go to ice, it starts going into kind of chill electronica music. Oh, like the music changes, but it's mid-level. the same song, so they just oh they wow, styles. yeah, like mid level as you're like moving around. You can jump between the gap and just have it swap. Between oh, that's styles. awesome! Yeah, oh, okay, really, yeah, I need to, really I need amazing. To get to that. Okay, and like every every half has its own individual units that do different things, and oh, like, that's great. It's a great thing, yeah. It wouldn't you implement your movie work. Music into that floor wouldn't work because you don't have two styles of music. Yeah, I wonder how that. Mm, I wonder how you do your own. Mm, yeah, okay, fair enough. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, game's fucking brilliant. Game's really awesome. amazing. Is there anything else? No, I think that's about it. Is that you? Yeah. Um, the only thing. The only thing I'd very quickly mention. Um, I ended up buying the XCOM board game just because I'd seen it. I'd seen it advertised for a while, and we play a lot of board games at lunch times and work. So I thought I'd, I'd pick it up. That game is fucking brutal. Yeah, it really. <laughs> that is. board game is—it's really smart. It's like a four-player co-op thing, and it's all driven by like a free app that you can either get for your phone or you, there's or on the web. You can just play the web version as well, and it. Is the closest you will get to XCOM without actually playing XCOM. Like it is, t- it's, there's yeah, it's a pretty accurate experience, but then it beats the shit out of you. But then it, yeah, there there are problems with that game. Yeah, I mean, like we've played it t- twice now, and we have not made it past the third round. Like yeah. they just they throw you in at the deep end, and you just have to keep fighting to stay afloat. It's really kind of scary. Um, it's really good fun though. Just it's it's been a while since I played a board game that's got that many bits in it. And I'm a big fan of like bits in board games. So yeah, there are a awesome. lot of bits in that game. There's models, and yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Um, okay, so before we jump into news, I believe you have a song for us to yeah. do our, to do our do. interlude. Um, so you'd expect me to pick something from Krug the Necrodancer, but I'm not going to because we've not done a Necrodancer. No, we did a no, we did the other Danny Danny song. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, I'm not going to do it because fuck you guys. That's why. Um, <laughs> so instead, I'm going to. I'm gonna. Well, I spent a lot of time, as I said, I'm a free man because I've finished university work. But I spent a lot of time uh, sitting writing my dissertation, which involved me listening to just a lot of music to just sit and keep my head in check. Sure. And like sit and focus on the writing and all that sort of stuff. And I've, I've, I've talked to you about this. I sent you some of the stuff that I was listening to at the time. Yeah. yeah. And and it it led to a really cool conversation with my friends that I never expected to have, where uh, I was sitting talking to her and. She was like, oh, how's it going? And we're talking about stuff. And I said, yeah, I've been listening to this piano song on loop like all day for like seven seven hours or however long I was writing for. Uh, just because it's like so relaxing and keeps me focused and all that sort of stuff. And she went, oh, like, how can you do that? And blah, we got into a whole big argument. I sent her the song. It was a song from Kingdom Hearts. And ah. it was a piano version of a song from Kingdom Hearts. I sent that to her and she was like, oh, what's this from? And I explained to her, oh, yeah, it's a video game and blah, blah. It's one of my like favorite video games and all that stuff. She's so like, oh yeah, I, I, there's like, she's not a gamer like at all. 
Okay. Uh, and was like, oh yeah, I know some songs from like video games, and she like brought up like um, you know that song Secunda from the Skyrim soundtrack. Yes, yes a really yes. like weird ambient one. Yes, it's like an amazing one. song. And we were sitting like talking about it, and I was we we're sitting sending songs backwards and forth, and uh, just really like chill. Rel- I sent her better sweet regrets, like really chill, mm. relaxing kind of music. And I brought this. I, I found this song from the archives uh, that I completely forgot existed, and then started listening to it and remembered it was so good. Um. So that would be. I'm going to take you back in my way back machine. Okay. Um, to the year 2008. 2008. Okay. 2008. Uh, to where we were playing games like No More Heroes and uh, oh. GTA 4 were in consoles. I like it. That was the two games you plucked from. I just pulled plucking shit in my arse. Okay, uh, things sure. like Breaking Bad started on TV, Wally was in cinemas, all that sort of stuff <laughs> way back in 2008. Sure. Um, and I went I to Japan. That, you went, oh yeah. Oh, did you go to Japan? I never knew that. Um, Continue. And one thing that wasn't really a thing in video games in 2008 were indie games. Indie games weren't really hadn't really happened yet. Sure. But was that was that pre-Braid? Was that in 2008? There was this game called Braid. Ah, okay, sure. Made by this guy called Jonathan Blow, who was actually making video games back then, instead of talking about making video games and not releasing them like he is now. Fuck out to the witness. The witness exactly, should be here by now. Point, exactly. God damn um, it. So yeah, he released this game called Braid, and that game exploded and is kind of largely responsible to why indie games are a thing these days. Pretty much. Because it made, it made people see that you can make games for small amounts of money and have it appeal to an audience. It kind of, it kind of legitimized the Xbox Live market, yeah, uh, arcades. It, it made Xbox Live happen, which means that PSN had to step up their game, so it made the space for indie games to kind of develop and grow and become a viable programming and development strategy. Totally. Which has led to so many amazing games recently of late of the past like few years since indie yeah, games. The fact, that, the fact that both of the games that I talked about this week both are sub £15. Yeah, are like smaller games. smaller team style games. Yep. Yeah. Even Crypt and Necronancer are small team type games. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of changed I hate I hate using puns, but it kind of changed the game uh, forever. Well done! Uh, Congratulations, so you're a game journalist. Yeah, I felt good about that. And, um, <laughs> so what I'm going to do, and completely forgot that the Braid soundtrack is actually really amazing. So I'm going to give you my favorite song from the Braid soundtrack, which is a song called "Downstream." Okay, you can listen to that. Cool. So um, if you check out the post uh, for this episode, you will find where you can go to get that. And we'll be back after this.
that's yeah, that was that was a very nice, relaxing experience with the Braid soundtrack it written was. by a, a Celtic artist called Shira Kamen. Uh, very good job it was too. The rest of the soundtrack is very good as well, but um, that song in particular was very good in the state of mind I needed to be in in the past couple of weeks. Sure, while I was sitting writing science. I'm pretty confident that 90% of the dissertation writing is the music selection that you have. Yeah, yeah, during pretty it. much. It worked that, for me. That fucking um, 12-string bass album that I had yeah. got through my hires, I think. I've worked a lot to that album. Actually. The 12-string bass album? Yeah. Yeah, that album's really good. That's good. Yeah, I think just do um, my, that'll, be, that'll be my next song in I, I got to weeks or whatever it is. I got to briefly... Uh, Attempt to play a seven-string bass over the past is couple that, of weeks ago. How many strings does a bass normally have? Four. Is that right? Yeah, it's normally. Is it four? It's normally four, and this was Tell a six. Tell them actual then. guitarists and not bassists. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's normally four, and this was this was a six. I think this was six. Yeah. So, oh yeah, it's normally four. Yes. So was it was that an extra two? high or too low too low so too low. those yeah. strings were like fucking ropes sure and the neck was so incredibly wide like we've like i could pray big hands but playing that was tricky very very tricky um yeah full respect for people who try and play that not yeah it's like oh, i saw when i that 12 string bass guy when i see him and the like neck so big that he has to like play it two-handed yeah, and that, well, that's basically of like playing like it a, sits and taps. Yeah, it's basically like a sitar at that point. Like it's yeah, kind of huge. Very impressive. Um, okay, so news. Not really a lot this week, but enough interesting stuff to keep us going. Um, start with the important things. Nicki Minaj is getting a video game. <laughs> yes, the important things. Like I can imagine she's getting a video game. Uh, why is Nicki Minaj getting a video game? If I told you it's coming from the same people who made the Kim Kardashian game, will that okay. explain it? Yeah, that would explain it. Totally. That's fair. Um, yeah, I just thought it was funny. Um, so, uh, Gamescom happened uh, since we last Dead. recorded. Um, and not a lot really came out of it. Um, Microsoft did their, their Gamescom presentation and mm. showed a couple of things. Um, yeah, they showed all the games that everybody thought was going to be at E3 yes. but wasn't. So, so they showed Scalebound, which looked kind of yep. cool. Um, and the only thing, the, I, I kind of like Scalebound. It looked pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really like the protagonist. He seemed a bit like a dick, but I like but I like, it, I like that, the concept that, is, of a guy in a kind of near future fantasy world that has to put on headphones every time he fights. So that's what I was going to ask. Do you think the character is actually a dick, or is it a built-in response to people wearing things that look like Beats headphones? No, like I, I like the idea of a character that like like when he's fighting just like wants to listen to music or whatever no, no, that's kind of totally. cool. that's that's but awesome but specifically what, the fact that it's beats headphones yeah they're kind of they're kind of for dicks but yeah. it was mainly it was more to do with how he was acting and what he was saying that sure. made me feel like he was a dick because he was just being this kind of like cocky arsehole protagonist that yes is kind of shite but i can understand why he, people he like was it very he was very japanese main character yes he was very definitely um brash teenager with a dragon and beats headphones so one of the things that gets shown off was uh, the first gameplay from crackdown 3 which is a game that a lot of people are excited about was from... that gameplay oh yeah it was yeah, there was, yeah okay, they showed sure. something but um the, the bit i i wanted to to um take note of was the fact that they were talking about um how the xbox one's cloud capabilities are being used in this game so the multiplayer for crackdown 3 is going to have an entirely 100% destructible city. 
Um, yes. To the degree of like your red factions, that kind of destructible. And the only way they say they can do that is because they are shunting some of the calculations for the physics of all that to the cloud. And then... Uh-huh. Cloud-based mathematics. Yes, and then shunting it back to your, your system, or everyone else's system, um, as you destroy stuff. Uh, they did confirm it's multiplayer only, which was a little bit annoying, but then you're what, trying the, to... the destructible environments thing? Yeah. Yes. Or the 100% destructible so environments, definitely. Yeah. So it's not just cause where you can do anything. No. And it makes, like, it was really disappointing when you first heard it, but then you're like, okay, you've got a single-player game with a bunch of missions and buildings that probably have to still be standing so you can use them as part of the mission and stuff like That's that. True. So, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, the multiplayer, fully destructible city and using the power of the cloud. The power of the cloud. Um, Speaking just, of Just Cause 3, do you remember mm-hmm. that trailer from Gamescom for Just Cause 3 where it, just, it was about a two-minute trailer and in every single shot there was an explosion happening? Every like. Yes. Like, literally every shot, there was an explosion. Yes, it's that exactly what you want awesome. from that. There's a mixture of explosions and a man stand, standing on the bottom of a plane shooting a machine gun. Yeah. Or or in a wingsuit or on a parachute. But there were always explosions. Always explosions. Like, the man yes. was in various positions, but there was always explosions. Yes, it's like Bioshock. There's always a man, there's always an explosion, there's always a... That would be way better if power. I was Bioshock. Can you imagine it's the next Bioshock? Just Cause 3 is the next Bioshock. You, heard you, first. Open, you open the door to the lighthouse and there's just one giant explosion that comes out. <laughs> it's a two-minute game. Yeah, exactly. It's, an it's, really, game. it's really philosophical. Like There's a boat journey up to the lighthouse that's really philosophical and meaningful and deep, and then you open the door and it's just a giant explosion. And then it's, it. it's, a, it's a walking simulator. Um, it's, a walk, it's a walking it's an explosion simulator. <laughs> um, yes, so in case you'd forgotten that some games make shit tons of money for not a lot. Hearthstone has pulled in, apparently, according to um, this is coming from uh, analyst firm Superdata. Uh, apparently, um, their digital card games report, which is something that they do, so it covers a whole bunch of like um, free to play card game stuff. Of which Hearthstone is probably is the biggest. The biggest, yeah. I assume at this point there are there's Hearthstone and then there's a bunch of Hearthstone pretenders. It's not like. Yeah, so apparently as of early 2015, both the PC and the mobile versions of Hearthstone were bringing mm-hmm. about $10 million a month. Fantastic. A month. It's... Yeah. In case you didn't, in case you've forgotten that Blizzard don't actually have to make games anymore, <laughs> $10 million <laughs> a month. Yeah, they don't have to, but they do. And those games are pretty good when they do. Totally. It's... Um, it, but like, think about that in terms of like compare that to like the fucking WoW subscription numbers that they had yeah. at its peak, where they were like it was like twelve million players that each had to pay yeah ten quid a month, so that's a billion See, pounds. There's got to be per there, month. there's got to be people sitting in Blizzard like looking at this now, going, "Do you remember when we had to like put people into contracts, get them to pay us every month, and yeah. now they do it voluntarily to get yeah." Fucking cards. digital cards. Get shinies. Jesus. Ugh. I, I, yeah, I thought it was really funny that like there was the story about because there's the new World of Warcraft expansion got announced as well at the same month where it World of Warcraft hits the lowest number of subscribers, and that like everyone makes... was, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's the end of World of Warcraft." It's like, no, it's still like six million people or something like that. I can't remember what the exact number is, but it's still a shit ton of people. And also, they're making. 20 million a month from a card game like yeah. Blizzard are yeah. doing alright they're doing fine they're doing fine don't worry um, uh, that doesn't of, include all the money that they're probably earning off of like Heroes of the Storm and yeah. all the stuff that 
they probably get from sponsorships from StarCraft that are still probably a thing. I'm sure Korea makes them a bunch of money off StarCraft still. Um, yes, speaking of Gamescom, um, some behind the uh, behind closed doors, um, some people got to see some new Fallout 4 footage. Oh, lucky bastards. Um, and as with anything that's behind closed doors that immediately appeared on the internet from like shaky cam footage. Yeah. Um, and like, especially because like, uh, the, the big... Um, when Comic-Con happened, like, all of those trailers were instantly online, and it was a constant game of, like, let's move it to this service before it gets pulled down. Yeah, and then the service got, and all like, that like, copied stuff. a bunch and stuff. Like, so, yeah, that, that Deadpool trailer got copied. The yeah. Apocalypse trailer got copied. Um, so, yes. This is, so, the, this is the other the thing. Sorry, as a quick aside. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, the the big Disney thing happened. It was, like, D, D23. Yeah. D23. Um, and they showed the first trailer for Captain America Civil War. Yes, and uh, Doctor Strange as well, right? I don't think there was a trailer for that. There might have been... No, I, I can't remember. Anyway, yes. But, um, yeah, so we were trying to do that, and I was like, oh, great, they showed a trailer, which means it'll be online somewhere. Yeah. And went and looked and instantly found this like standard shaky cam stuff. But yeah. because it was shown to Disney fans in a public setting in America, people won't shut the fuck up and let me hear what's in the trailer. Like, <laughs> any small thing that happens in that trailer, the crowd goes wild and whoops and hollers and claps their hands. It's like, it, like the, the most dumb, meaningless thing. Like, the first the first time that Chris Evans appears on screen, the crowd went mild. And I went, you know he's in this movie. He's fucking Captain America, <laughs> calm down. The first time yeah. that fucking the Hawkeye bowl comes on screen, everybody went wild and I went, again, you know he's in this movie calm down it was just i couldn't watch it because i couldn't hear anything in the all trail. the people from the internet just screaming down in front yeah yeah i just wanted to like scream out like guys there's no reason to get upset here. some we of us are trying to watch this i want to know what's going on at civil war <laughs> can you please shut up <laughs> um so yes so the fallout footage um yeah. was recorded on a shaky cam mm-hmm. but people decided to be rather interesting this time and uh rather than like YouTube, and then the pull down, and then Vimeo, and then the pull down, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> the Daily Motion, yeah. Better than that, they oh. took the footage and uploaded it to Pornhub. <laughs> nice, perfect. Um, <laughs> and the title, so it's uh, the count. I've got a screenshot of it here. The count. Obviously, all of the links in this thing are for every every people that ran this story. All oh, super non safe for work links to the actual video. Um, which was really funny to watch people in comments going, fuck, I clicked on this before I thought about it. And then, like, warning lights went off and, like, company... Oh, yeah, it's just, like, firewalls going totally. off. Um, I'm just watching a video game. Honest. <laughs> so I've got a screenshot here of the of the Pornhub um, page. And I'll think, bet you do. Cause I, think it's actually, I think it's actually been pulled down. Yes, it has been pulled down, but 200,000 people have, have viewed it as of... Oh, I'll be cloned somewhere, today. then. Probably. But anyway... Um, it is from user Fallout 4 Throwaway. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, t- sure. the title is... <laughs> the title is, in true Pornhub fashion, Hidden Camera Shows Audience Teased by Big Butt Man in Tights Live. <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> All in capital letters. That's fantastic. Um, and the categories of it are uh, Big Ass, Point of View, and HD. <laughs> so Nice. Okay. Well done, Pornhub. I just thought it was really funny. Like, If you want to hide video... Go hide it on a porn Go site. Go hide it on a porn site. That'd be great. Um, there's Resident Evil 2 remake happening, apparently. Yeah. Um, One of my friends got really excited about that. I'm sure. Like, it's a it's a great game, and to see a remake of it be interesting. But hey, Capcom's making another remake of one of those games, so... Yep. 
Who knows? Um, my friend, my, my friend passed up sex for Resident Evil too, so he's very what? excited about that. Okay, sure. Yeah. There's again, you, that's another. Tell me that David, story offline. Society story. That yeah. Is. Okay. Um, so yeah, like you alluded to earlier, um, Divinity Original Sin is back on, or will be back soon on Kickstarter for a sequel. Um, yeah. For something they're calling something even bigger, better, and more engaging. Um, the Kickstarter launches on August twenty sure. sixth. And apparently they are bringing a playable demo to PAX Prime this month. So, um, the original uh, original one was $400,000 they asked for for the original game, and they got 236% of that. So, who knows what they're going to ask for this time. I assume probably more, because they're probably safe getting it. But, um, yeah, I want to see what they do. The, the original one was a pretty big revolution in those kind of games. So Yeah, it brought it, it, brought it back. It brought it back with a vengeance, with cool totally. new ideas. Before Pillars of Eternity then came back and took the old ideas and made it way better. Totally. Um, so we alluded to this last episode as well. Um, we talked about the ESL, the Electronic Sports League, um, talking about their anti-doping policies. Yeah. Um, they have officially joined the... Um, or sorry. They are now adopting a list of banned substances compiled by the World Anti-Doping Agency, who are the people who um, do the anti-doping stuff for, like, the Olympics and other sports. Oh, right. So there's a list of stuff that on there. That was a fun conversation for them to go to that the place that had um, that does doping for real sports and be like, we have these nerds who play video games a lot, but do it for sports. Yep. D- d- how how do we check for doping in that case? Yeah. And they they just kind of went, uh, we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you need big muscles to play Dota? No. <laughs> uh, so I didn't realize that the original. Um, the origin of all of this was a... I, need to, I, I just missed it there. It was an um, interview with a league player, wasn't it? It was an interview with a uh, Counter-Strike player um, oh, okay. during an ESL event in March. Yeah. Um, oh, they just flat said, just like, yeah, yeah we were taking I've Adderall. I've got the exact quote here. Um, this is from a video interview with uh, Corey Friesen, Symphus in the community. Um we were all on Adderall. I don't even give a fuck. It was pretty yeah. obvious if you listen to comms, people can hate it or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, reason, so yes. the, the reason they stopped doing listenings to group comms was because yeah. it was kind of like dangerous for a while. Yeah. Um, so yes, so they are now... So banned substances now include um, anabolic agents like steroids, growth hormones, and <laughs> stuff like that. But the interesting thing is they've also banned weed. So Oh, so you can't... You can't get high and play League of Legends? You That's... can't get some dank nugs before, oh, fuck. <laughs> your, before your Dota tournament. We can't get into our inability to talk about street drug lingo again. <laughs> we can't do this. No, we can't. But I just think that's really funny because, like, out of all of this kind of stuff, like, I'm sure Adderall's getting it's taken. Like, but, like, harmless. Weed does nothing to you. It's, Weed it, probably makes you worse because it, like, dulls exactly. your senses and stuff. But um, yes, so the fact that they are they are taking the the anti doping agency's official uh, list means that marijuana is included in that list. So that's probably the one that's going to affect more uh, professional well, games like you get players. A, you get a, a P test, and they suddenly realise that every professional league player is probably a little bit of a dopehead. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, you ever watch some of them? They probably look like they're on stuff. It's... Probably. Um, so yes, apparently it's a uh, saliva test. That they are doing. Oh, okay. So it's not exactly. It's not like they're. Ah, oh, just let them smoke their weed. Doesn't do anything. I know. Anyway, so yes, games are uh, games are becoming sports. Um, yeah, it's quite nice. I remember many many months ago, I 
talked about my addiction to Ingress at one point. Um, the was that the weird real life ish game? Yeah, the, the AR yeah. game from Google. AR, that's the one. Um, yes, so um, the developer Niantic Labs, Niantic Labs, however you pronounce it, um, they're no longer part of Google. They were originally a startup from inside Google and they're now spun sure. off into their own thing, probably to go and do more AR style things. Um, Ingress has been downloaded more than 12,000, 12 billion times, sorry, um, more than 250,000 people to live events around the world. Um, it was cool, it was interesting. Um, yeah. I will get back to that one. Um, you are well, familiar. Like, see, since, since we're talking a little bit about esports, we want to talk mm. about the international. Oh yeah, yeah, you, that you, happened. I'm assuming you 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 watched it. Yeah, I watched a fair bit Hi, of it. What level was your compendium by the end of it? Oh, I didn't get a compendium this year. Oh wow, I don't, wow, I don't play enough to be where a compendium matters. Okay, fair enough. Um, Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, um, just kind of. I had it on my second monitor as much as possible. Sure. I heard it was actually a, a, a yeah, an it was exciting a really round uh, this time. It was a really good year. It was the matches were all fairly interesting. The meta wasn't really that stale. Sure. So those those kind of cool picks at most opportunities. A lot of the really big teams got put out in like the first or second round. I, I saw a lot of people tweeting about that. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 finals came down to the a Chinese team that got in on the wild card entry, mm-hmm. um, and an American team. Yeah. So it was Chinese Dota versus American Dota, which rarely ever happens. Uh, and America won, which was even more insane. Yeah. But then EG had been playing really well throughout the entire tournament. And it's what, and like seven million. Six point six million. Six point six. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, the final was four games, so went three one to EG. Um, oh, cool. They were cool. really, really, really good games. It was some seriously impressive stuff. The like cool stories that come out of it are like EG, where the guy that the heads up the EG team is a guy called Fear, who didn't play last year because I had like super bad carpal tunnel or like really bad like arm <laughs> yeah, injury. I remember, like, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, and was like had had his moment of like, oh, I used to be a big gamer and now or like a big esports guy and I could have gone all the way but sent back in his injury and blah blah. And they made like a really big deal when he got cleared by the doctors and stuff. Like EG put on like a big website that was just like him standing there. And a bunch of like flying text. It's like fear is coming back to Dota, <laughs> and like people, people Amazing. were like, and people were like flipping their shit over. And I looked at that website and went, "That's really sad because it's just this like really weedy white nerdy guy with his arms folded, and they're like see, treating him like some." Uh, you see news stories like that all the time for like football and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but like it's not the same. It's, uh, but that's the thing. Like the people who are fans of this thing are, would treat it the same, yeah, true, right? True, right. But he, um, he, so he came back and. I, st- I still, I st- sorry, I still think that the fact that there was an esports man out on an injury on yeah. his team is it's properly bad. Like he went for surgery and stuff. It was okay, sure. Apparently, really awful. Sure. Um, so he came back and led his team. They got a new player who is a sixteen-year-old guy from Pakistan. Ah, I heard about this. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember where he's from. Sumail. Um, and he's like an amazing player. He's insanely good. And yeah, they went and fucking won the international. So that sixteen-year-old who like packed up his life to come and play professional Dota got his payout. He's a millionaire and he's yep. sixteen. Yep. So good I, wonder for him. What, I wonder what the cut is for the players and then much of it's for the team. Like, I don't know. The... I would be interested to find out. Uh, that's, because, again, that's... because like the, the way that Valve set up contracts for Dota players was like if you're on a professional team, you're earning a wage anyway. 
Oh wait, Valve did, Valve did that. I can't remember if Valve stepped in, but there was a big thing once that said we're treating our players like they have a job, so they were like giving them wages and stuff. So you're getting a salary as well yeah. as you're winning. So you're getting paid while you play this game, but then when sure. you win tournaments, you obviously get like a bonus. Which I'm um, which is exactly how normal sports works. Yeah, exactly how normal sports works. Yeah. The the best moment in it was probably so every like there's always like a the international moment, like the the famous ones are like mm. the the six million dollar dream coil or whatever from sure, like sure, sure. two years ago and all that stuff and this one was this one was the six million dollar echo slam which was to explain it a tiny little bit there's a character called Earthshaker. Mm-hmm. i am ultimate, familiar with Earthshaker. his ultimate is called echo slam he takes his giant totem and slams it into the ground and makes a big earthquake it stuns everybody and does a lot of damage and it works well with his passive, which is like when they get hit by one of his spells, the ground reverberates under them and does a, l- a little bit more damage. Mm-hmm. So if you get in a big group, then you hit everybody, stun them, and then the passive triggers and reverberates off of everybody. So oh, then you nice. take a huge amount of damage. Sure. And so the Chinese team were... It was kind of neck and neck at this point. The Chinese team had a little bit of an advantage. So because they had an advantage, they went to go and do Roshan, the big boss thing. Mm-hmm. Um... To do Roshan, you can't, your group kind of your team has to be kind of grouped up because it's a small pit. Sure. You have to fight Roshan, in. and EG kind of they knew that they knew that they were doing Roshan, but they didn't have a vision over it, so they couldn't confirm it. So they all kind of ran to Roshan very quickly, used one of their supports ultimates to kind of scout out the area, mm-hmm. which is like a big ice ball that reveals the map. Revealed that there were about there were everybody in it, and the the support basically it's right before it's right before the ice ball hits. So the second that they get that guy is about to blink in and do his echo slam, like I think the timing was such that he was blinking in blind. Mm-hmm. Like I think he just said fuck it and just went for it. But when it got revealed on the map, everybody was there. So this guy mm-hmm. blinked into the entire enemy team and then echo slammed and hit all of them. <laughs> it hit the entire enemy team and then burst all of his stuff and the entire enemy team died. And oh, wow. They, EG then took Roshan and just went on to win. So and wow. it was like the last game, it was their game three. Right. So it was that. It was so that probably was it that move that won them the game. Interesting, so it this, and it's an amazing thing to sit and watch because I'll need to. I'll need to see and look that up. Actually. I can find it and yeah. send you. Up. Cool. Yeah, it's great. cool. No, I'm glad. Yeah, um, it's good, good. Good year this year. Cool. Um, so you're familiar with Night Trap? I'm sure you've seen. Yes, the FMV game from the like 80s. Yeah, uh, Dana Plato gets her name. 92. That game came out. Was it 92? Fuck. 92. Right. Filmed in 87, released in 92. Apparently. Um, somebody is recreating Night, Night Trap in the browser um, using HTML5 video. Um, yeah, apparently he said like... In, in a browser? Cool. Said, he said, basically, they interviewed him and said, it's basically now possible now with like HTML5 technology and stuff, they can now do it in the browser. Um, which is pretty great because I've never actually played it. I've only ever seen it. So that'll be fascinating to actually see what that game is. Um, do you remember Twitch playing Pokemon? I do. I also remember them playing like every other fucking video game for a while. They're uh, now playing Dark Souls. They are right? playing Dark Souls right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just very quickly going to bring up the video to see where they are. Um, they have 22 commands available through through Twitch chat. Um, last time I saw, I was I was kind of playing Twitch plays Dark Souls by watching people tweet about Dark Souls. Yeah. And apparently um, they were stuck in a pit for a long time. Um, They're stuck for a long time. Yeah, so I'm looking at it now. They're going for three days, 22 minutes, and th- uh, three days, 22 hours, and 33 minutes. 
Sure. And they are currently very slowly walking upstairs, running into a door without opening it. I will never beat it. And, yeah, I can't, I can't even tell where they are. Like, I don't know. Um, they have mapped all of the buttons. Wow. Is, it, is it Dark Souls 1, or is it... It is Dark Souls... Yes, Dark Souls. As if it's Dark Souls 1, Souls. I might know where they are. So. Dark Souls is the... Yes, original Dark Souls. Original Dark Souls. Original Souls. Well, no, not Demon Souls. Dark Souls. Um, yeah, that's fucking mental. 22 separate commands as opposed to up, down, left, right, and A and B. Nah. Yeah, you've got like light attack block. Ooh. Yeah. Nope. Where are they? Um, there is a... I don't even know. They're in a doorway. I can't exactly. tell where they are. Exactly. Um, you liked Final Fantasy VII, right? I did. Uh, we At have the a... time. I don't know we... if I'd like it now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how about if I told you that there's somebody making an unofficial side-scrolling Final Fantasy VII beat-em-up? Uh, okay. Um, sure. It's called Final Fantasy VII Reimagined. Uh, completely unofficial. Um, sure. It's basically like turning Final Fantasy into like a Streets of Rage style thing. It looks pretty cool, actually. Um, it's totally free. It's a playable demo on the browser. Um, or you can download it. And it's, yeah, you can just go get it. Um, check the post to the link to that. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII Reimagined. It looks pretty cool. Um, what else we got? There is a new mech game coming um, from the creator of Battletech and Mech Warrior. Sure. Um, it's a turn-based Battletech game for PC. Ooh. Um, okay. From uh, Jordan Wiseman, who's the creator of Battletech and Mech Warrior, it is coming to Kickstarter soon um, via Catalyst Game Labs, who's a developer. Um, I don't know anything else about it. I just saw mechs and click save story. Um, yes, so tomorrow, or today, when you're listening to this, uh, Mike Bithell of Thomas Was Alone fame, his new game comes out, called Volume, which he has described as his love letter to Metal Gear Solid, so... Awesome. Looks kind of looks cool. Um, everything is coming out tomorrow, except the Vita version, which has been delayed um, by a couple of weeks due to um, extra... Bug fixing. They needed to happen. Sure. Presumably, stuff happened in CERT and needs to get it. But everything else, very much on course. So, Mac, PS4, and Windows PC tomorrow, or August 18th, when you're listening to this. Um, Callum, questions. Do you like pirates? Of course. Do I think I made like... that clear in my opinions when Rares decided they were going to make a pirate game. Do you also like Daft Punk? Yes. I do like Daft Punk quite a bit. Well, what about... Discovery that... is probably one of the best albums ever made. What about if Daft Punk... Hunted Pirates. Uh, oh, wait, is this... <laughs> this is not what you think. Yeah, this is not what you think. Are you making that joke that uh, it's that mobile game that they made an un- unkillable Daft Punk or something like that? Yeah, game? so this yeah. is a game God called... God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd bring you up there and just pull you back down again. Um, so this is a game called Shooting Stars from uh, Noodle Cake Studios. A mobile shoot-em-up. Um... So piracy has always been a problem on um, mobile platforms, Android especially. Uh, a lot of people have had some very terrible stories. Um, a game called Wayward Souls was on Android. Uh, they claimed that 89% of all their installations on Android were pirated, which is Jeez. insane. Because um, it's very, very easy to pirate that stuff for Android because you can just sideload that stuff in as opposed to iOS where you have to kind of jailbreak and work for it. Android, you can just install it. Um, yes, so if you pirate um, Shoot Stars... Uh, then you'll be greeted by the third boss. Um, there's a character named Premium Funk. 
mm-hmm. um, who looks very much like a Daft Punk. In fact, it is the dude from, from Daft Punk, um, who is entirely invincible. Um, and so for, uh, they explained their blog post. Um, firstly, players must defeat a wave of bosses that have an obscene amount of health. If they do manage to defeat them, the final boss approaches who has unlimited health. Um, and then once the pirates are defeated, uh, the game encourages them to seek out the legit copy, copy of the game. It's pretty funny. Mm. Um, so it, it, the other interesting thing about this is that um, the developers actually uploaded the pirated version to torrent sites themselves. Yeah. Like they uploaded the modified version, um, which I think is kind of funny. Um, and especially if you're the first pe- people to get that up, it's going to be the most popular one, which is the one everyone will go to to download it. And everyone else get that. It's pretty funny. I, I, it's one of my um, one of my great joys is watching how people treat pirates um, in unusual ways. Yeah, there are there are good ways of doing it, and there are bad ways of doing it. Yeah, totally. The cool um, the cool way of doing it is the the CD project way of doing it. We're just going. Uh, we realize that it's going to happen. We'd like it if we buy their game, but yeah. whatever, and that's it. And if you buy it, here's all this free DLC. That there's all this free DLC. Yes, you pirates can oh, you can still get the patches of- and stuff, but. Speaking of Witcher, there was a song, uh, a song, a story that I wanted to do, and it's not on my list. Which is, is it really the story annoying. where someone buys me the Witcher? No, that's really nice. <laughs> Eventually, um, no, but um, I, I didn't write down the story for some reason. But um, so I, I know it anyway. Um, CD Projekt Red put out their or the intention, or actually released their mod tools for Witcher Three, and they are not exactly the most powerful of tools um, apparently they were they originally promised um, it was called Red Kit which was the original editor for Witcher 2 which was like a here's the whole game fucking chop it up and create new terrain yeah. and do all that kind of stuff this is all very much much smaller scale it's kind of like a GUI on top of a bunch of any editing and maybe a little bit of scripting and all that kind of stuff it's very very restrictive um, and a lot of people are not happy about that because they were promised a big thing um, like a proper editor, and they didn't get it. So yeah, disappointing. Um, yeah, we talked about Zur. Um, <laughs> talked about Galahorn. Uh, the yeah, and again, uh, my other favorite part of that story was there's been a website that's been up for about a well. When did Destiny come out? Was it September last year? Something like that. When Destiny came out. I don't yeah. know. Must have, it's, it, well, yeah, it's the end of year one, so yeah, it must have been about September last year. Sure. Since about the end of last year, um, the site isurasellinggalahorn.com <laughs> has been a thing, and it's a static page that says no. <laughs> like, that's all it says. Did it change? No. And it oh, took four shit. hours for them to change the website, because whoever it was that put it up obviously never assumed that it was going to change. It never so, thought it was going to sell Galahorn. So there was instantly a... F- flurry of tweets at this guy going dude the one time we need your site and it hasn't so now clicking on it now is a picture or it just says yes and it's a picture of that really bored spelling bee guy with all the confetti it's it's pretty good um yes uh and the last bit of destiny news the best part or one of the best parts of the story parts of destiny was the peter dinklage voice in who uttered the 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 eternal that wizard came from the moon line, which then got removed. Um, Bungie are now removing, yeah, Bungie's now removing Peter Dinklage from the game um, and replacing him with. Uh, Nolan. Oh, Nolan North, right? Nolan North. Um, so they're re-recording all of his old lines and all the new ones that they're going to do as well. So they're basically completely removing Peter Dinklage from the game. Um, they said, How do you even do that? I don't. Uh, how do you mean? Surely, you, surely they paid right. 
well, one, I don't understand the logistics of it. Is it is just literally taking out a bunch of sound files and then putting in new sound files? It's replacing the sound files, yeah, totally. Right. The other thing is, you must have paid a lot of money for Peter Dinklage, right? Totally. How do you just go and replace him? Well, hey, guess what? Destiny made a bad decision, or Bungie made a bad decision with Destiny. They made it's a lot of bad decisions with Destiny. Exactly. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, apparently they were saying that it was down to... The, the original quote was, it's down to, quote, Hollywood nonsense. Um, Hollywood they, nonsense. But basically what they did was they came out and said, we, like, we plan on doing a lot of expansions for this game and it's been really super difficult to get Peter Dinklage in to do more lines for all these expansions. Yeah. So we just went... Oh, wait, is he it, in all the expansions? He's definitely in... He's definitely in Dark Below. Okay. He... I can imagine it's difficult to get your hands on Peter Dinklage, that yeah. man's... And he wasn't in the second one. He wasn't in uh, House of Wolves, because that was all the, the Awoken stuff. So he wasn't in that. So yeah, they they basically they obviously tried to get him in to do a bunch of stuff for Taken King, and just couldn't get it to work. So they went, yeah. it's not worth it. So The fact um, that Peter Dinklage is choosing to do Adam Sandler movies instead of voice acting for Destiny. Apparently... Don't say that Pixels isn't that bad because it sounds awful. Oh no, sorry, I was I was reading something else there. No, Pixels looks fucking terrible. Like yeah. apparently that's yeah, god hard. So I don't know how we would, why we choose to do that over more voice in Destiny. But so I'm, I'm just I'm just reading the tail end of this article. Um, oh, that is him. Huh. Okay. Um, I've only just read that. Like, hey, they're apparently they're doing dialogue between characters being a priority now because uh, Cade Six, who's the vanguard. The oh, sorry, the hunter vanguard guy. You're like you're kind of your class what trainer. Yes, thank you. Okay. That was the term I was looking for. Um, Nathan Fillion never picked up on that. Oh, really? I've Great. gone to that guy for um, for a long time and never picked up on who that was. Um, also, there's a website. I can't remember exactly the URL at this point. It's like time wasted on destiny dot com, and you put I in your hook into your PSN. And yeah, you, you put in your PSN username <laughs> and it tells you how much time you spent in Destiny over all your characters and stuff like that. 72 hours for me. 72 hours. That's 72 not that hours. bad for an MMO. I know, totally. I was kind of pleasantly surprised, actually. Um, I do want uh, to play Destiny at some point, but I don't think I ever will get round to it. Yeah, like, when you inevitably get a PS4 at some point, you'll. <laughs> it might be a time to jump in, but who knows. Um, so, again... To do a callback to earlier this this recording, um, Metal Gear Solid, known for yes. some fantastic monologues and soliloquies and fantastically dumb things. Yeah, fantastically dumb things. What would you say if I told you that there was a Metal Gear Solid radio drama? Oh God! I'd tell me how quickly can I listen to it? It's on YouTube and SoundCloud. Apparently, it was fantastic. recorded. Apparently, it was recorded um, in the late nineteen nineties. Um, oh, okay. It's not by. You. Yeah. No, no, um, by Konami and Nippon Cultural Broadcasting uh, recorded. Oh, it's in Japanese then. So. Because I don't care if I can't hear like David Hayter so do the voice. It says it was done by, yeah, Konami and Nippon Cultural Broadcasting was released only in Japan until today, but the voice actors are. Oh, he's translated the original show's script and re recorded them using new voice actors. Um, Not. So it's David the original. Hayter and- no, 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 no. So it's um, it's the original script from the original radio dramas, but translated and then re-recorded. Um, it's twelve installments, um, which are getting released over weeks. Um, and they are the first episode. Snake investigates a downed United Nations airplane. Um, they're Ooh. on they're on YouTube and SoundCloud. 
Um, sure. There, check links in the post to get that. I'll be listening to that because that sounds dumb. It sounds dumb, yeah. Sounds in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, a game has been pulled from the Nintendo 3DS eShop because it has uh, an exploit that allows Homebrew to go on the machine, apparently. Oh, yeah, it was the YouTube app, wasn't it? It was originally the YouTube app, which got yeah. pulled and then fixed, but now this is an actual game. Um, oh, that makes you homebrew. Ironfall Invasion, apparently. Sure. Fair enough. Um, it was exploit shown last week. Um, then Nintendo removed the game from the US and European eShops. Um, and it's also a free game. Huh. It was a free-to-download game. Um, so, yes. Dan- dangerous for homebrewers. A little bit. So it's been pulled and fixed at this point well I don't know if it's been fixed yet but it's definitely been pulled so it's always interesting when I see that kind of stuff um, are you a fan of the Cars franchise of movies no no <laughs> well, what if I told you there's a video on YouTube called Cars 2 HD gameplay compilation and oh is that not like the most popular video on YouTube it is YouTube? the most viewed video game video on YouTube and it's um, from the, the Your Game article um, it's the most viewed video game video on YouTube and it's throwaway footage of a game you've probably never played chucked up on YouTube by a hobbyist from West Yorkshire um, why is it the most viewed? so Eurogamer's got a great article where they interviewed the guy and like why is this the fucking most viewed why is it here and why is it the biggest the most viewed video and the summary is that nobody really knows but it's probably a case of a bunch of things intermingling at the same time where people went on YouTube to try and get HD rips of Cars 2, the movie. Oh, and right. Since okay, the movie's right. called Cars 2, it, Cars 2 HD gameplay compilation, that hits a lot of SEO words for YouTube searches. Yeah, sure. They probably get pulled in, and then apparently get picked up by a bunch of viral sites, and then they get more likes, and it just spiraled out of control. Um, it's a really cool article, actually, to see how this kind of shit happens. It was, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Um, to the point where there's a bunch of, like, other videos which use the title of that video as their tags so they appear in those searches. Oh, sure. Like, it's this weird kind of cyclic effect. Yeah, it's all weird. It's um. awesome. Um, so, yeah, the biggest story, um, I think, of the week, or the last couple of weeks, was the... Uh, so, Chris Pranger is a, a Nintendo localization editor um, for uh, who worked for Nintendo, Nintendo US, I assume. Um, and took part uh, or made an appearance on a podcast called Part Time Gamers, which is a relatively small, small podcast. Um, and went on there, uh, talked a little bit about the internal workings of kind of how Nintendo does translations and kind of the kind of games that they pick up to translate, and which ones they don't, and all this kind of stuff. Very very small podcast doesn't really get that much of a listenership, but it got picked up by NeoGaf, which then got picked up by a bunch of Nintendo fan sites. Mm. And then Nintendo themselves realised what happened, and apparently that is entirely against any employee oh, no. employee um, contract that they're not allowed to talk about the internal workings of Nintendo. This Ouch. is on an officially sanctioned thing, and he got let go. Oof. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, I mean, last time we were talking about how Konami treats its employees. Like, yeah, it sucks, but it sounds like this is totally the. This is what would have happened. Like this is what happens when you do this kind of thing, especially with, yeah. a, com- with a company like Nintendo, who are very secretive about this thing, very controlling of their own message. That's true. You have to be careful about this stuff. And um, this guy was not obviously. Yeah. So it says this is from the the Kotaku article. Um, it says uh, although the po- podcast didn't draw a ton of mainstream attention, 
Fans find it fascinating because it's become so rare to hear Nintendo employees speak about the company without specific PR approval. Yeah, um, they, they don't talk unless there's a PR person in the room. Totally. Or you're Reggie fils who's oh, you sold media yeah. train that's... Totally. Um, so there's a couple of quotes from the guy um, from um, Pranger. Uh, Spent the last week in a miserable place once podcast began getting coverage. Was instantly scared when a co-worker poked me and said, hey, you're on Go Nintendo. Um... Suddenly, article after article began appearing in game sites of all languages. Comment sections painted me as an idiot and the like. Twitter started giving me early reminders from people well-meaning well and otherwise. It seemed unthinkable to be let go for a single moment of poor judgment and my own misunderstandings, but here we are. Cut. Um, sorry. Two seconds. Hey, we'll... do, 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 do. Two seconds. Yep. Hello. I'm good. Um, I'm still recording. Are you Are you walking home with someone? Or are you on your own? Are you on your own? Okay. How far away are you? Oh shit. Okay. Are you sure? I can stay if you want. And I know, but it's still okay. Um. Just text me as soon as you get in, alright? I'm probably, probably not doing this for too much longer. I mean, I'll phone you back if I'm done in the next 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Speak to you a bit. Bye. Hello, back. Hello. Um, okay. fucking time code. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Um, yeah, so that's totally the type of thing that will happen. If, yeah. you, if you're if you're not careful, and it sounds like a lapse of judgment, but a pretty serious lapse of judgment, especially as a Nintendo employee. Um, on the plus side, um, <laughs> and a kind of related story. Um, have you been following the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account? Uh, no, but I've heard that it's like going it's, a bit mental. It's kind of going crazy. Like either, yeah. It's kind of insane, um, to the point where the Sonic Hedgehog Twitter account uh, tweeted at this guy um, and said, Dear Chris Pranger, hang in there, we all make mistakes, we kiss the princess once, things will get better. Okay, sure. It all worked out really well to watch the Sonic Twitter account go completely mental when that clip from the Sonic Boom cartoon was floating around oh god yeah yes i have seen it the inception mm. clip that thing was great insanely good yeah. um and also they, they, they they've started whoever's in charge of this twitter account deserves a fucking medal because the other one of the other things july 27th yo game trailers before you call sonic generations bad again try not to forget that you rated the 8 out of 10 hashtag not dying yet <laughs> okay whoever's in charge is doing what generations was good that's, that's what i heard but oh anyway. yes if you're you're looking for something funny go look at the, the sonic, sonic twitter account sonic underscore hedgehog yeah the twitter account it's pretty great a lot of really really choice gifts in there definitely um so that's all my news i don't know if you have anything else nah i got all cool uh, what are we up to the next couple of weeks 
Um, I that will be the Borderlands episode comes out tomorrow. Borderlands tomorrow, which I'm very or excited today about. when you listen to this. Yes, um, I'm going back to some C, and I'm reading. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, you're going to figure out what reading is. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? Uh, I don't know if I've got anything on the horizon. There's a new Shadowrun game that comes out. Oh yeah, the twentieth. I'll need to see if I can afford that, but sure. I don't know. Um, in terms of site I stuff... Be, I might just be having to save my money until yeah. Warrior 5 comes out. True. Um, in terms of site stuff, we've had a busy couple of weeks, actually. Um, yeah. New article from Danny West went up on Friday. Very yep. good article on the um, his opinions on the Final Fantasy VII remake announcement. Very good mm-hmm. article. Um, our D4 playthrough has started. One of them will be going up uh, episodes every Thursday. will be going up yep. for that. Um I edited it together, and I still, even though I was in it and did most of it, uh, did chunks of it, still thought it was really funny, so keep that up. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it. The first part of the Heroes of Might Magic 3. Um, yeah, that kind went of way longer than I expected. Playthrough, it's almost like a guide. Like, it was yeah. kind of weird writing it. Like, Here's how to play Tower. Here's kind of. Um, but yeah, it's our latest old ass PC games, so it'll be one of them. So but there was one on Sunday, probably. One more this week and one next week, probably the way it's working, yeah. but we'll see. Um, new stuff. I want to do a video of Sunless Sea just while I'm still in the middle of it, and I'll probably sure. drag you into that one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm recording a video this week, which I'm very, very excited about. Speaking of Sonic, yeah. <laughs> um, you don't know what you're in for. I really don't, and you do, which is hilarious. I do, yeah. Um, so, yes, that'll be up probably next week. And yeah, I'm, I'm toying with writing a review for Rapture. But um, just to once, so I can get my head it's around it. It's not a video game; it doesn't deserve a review. I wrote one for Gone Home and Vanishing. So oh, so you did, yeah. We'll see. Um, but yes, so well, as a eye. resident bullshit editor, you can <laughs> thanks. Cheers. Spew that out of your hatch. Cheers. Um, did, you, did you see by the way on the official list that we're using to keep track of Game of the Year stuff? I've written that weird shit column. Weird which, shit, which currently has stick shift. Um, oh, I still right. my game <laughs> in it. Um, Should we put River of Thousand Snakes on that one as well? I think it already is. I can't remember. Right. But, but it's also under best narrative, so that list, that list that, needs a bit that of trimming. very good narrative. It's cohesive. The characters are well-developed. Yep. The plot is see- seen through to um, the end. Those snakes are dope. They're uh, pretty dope snakes. There's <laughs> a fucking lot of them as well. There's a lot of them. Um... Yeah, fuck. So yes, um, all that stuff will be coming out, so keep an eye on GameEngineStart.com, which is the website where all the stuff will appear. Is that the website we work on? Okay. That is the website. Um, have you just been posting to Kotaku for been, all this time? I've been posting stuff to YouPorn again, I don't know. Yeah, you probably have. You need to stop doing that. It's not right. Um, I posted our Heroes of Magic video with like the tags of like huge <laughs> arses. Money shot. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yes, so GameIngineStart.com is the website where all the stuff goes up. All of our podcast videos and articles will appear up there. Uh, YouTube.com slash GameIngineStart is where the videos will also appear. If you want to subscribe there, you'll get them usually a little bit before they appear on the main site. We are on Twitter and Facebook. If you search GameIngineStart, you'll find us on there. Podcast at GameIngineStart.com is the email address. And yes, we'll be back in two weeks. So we will speak to you then. Bye. Bye.